Hello and welcome to A Cast of Wax, uh, a new episode of, of A Cast in Wax. Uh, this is the unofficial podcast of Waxwork.com. The official, uh, if you are confused, the official podcast is called Cast in Wax. This is A Cast of Wax. And let me introduce myself. I am Steve Josephs. Uh, with me is my other co-host, the usual Cast of Wax, if you will. Uh, and they're, they're on Skype with me. So, uh, hello, Cast of Wax. Does it work? Is it, is it, is it working? I think it's uh, working. Can you, can, it, can you hear me? I can hear you, but can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, then we're good. Yeah, I'm, uh, uh well, that's good. Yeah. This is, uh, this is Hank Fallon. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> Hank Fallon. Um, uh, for, this is a, a cast of Wax. Um, it's called that because we're all pretty wacky people. I'm the, I'm the the world's biggest Frank, Hank Allen fan. Um, you mean Frank Frank Allen? I, yeah. Well, Hank Allen, Hank Allen like, would be like if you married him, <laughs> <laughs> but that would never happen. Frank Frank had bad marriage experience recently, so he's probably not into getting married so quick after he just got uh, well married. But you probably don't want to marry him. Pro- probably not, you might say. All right. But you never... Uh, yeah, probably. Certainly, if I did, I wouldn't propose on a podcast. Oh, okay. Well, especially one he doesn't listen to, so we got nothing to worry Yo, about. Yo, he might any time listen. Like, if you had a podcast and your biggest fan did the podcast and was like always talking about you and saying how great the things you did were. Would you want to listen to that? Like all the time? No, would they, that podcast exists and I don't listen to it. That's casting wax. That is the pot, the fan podcast for a cast of wax. I don't listen to it. Wait, ca- casting wax. Yeah. You know, that's the one they do about our show. They make us, podcast about our show you didn't hear about this yeah it's not oh. good don't worry. percy percy of the birmingham bruises you know about this yeah this is uh per- yeah well right where they do it uh it's kind of like they're just talking about us all the time like they're just guessing about what we're doing it's like oh percy's over in england he's probably bruising someone that's gotta be really exciting but it's not anything new or anything it's just like speculating and yeah you're, and you're not bruising nothing they're like talking about us all the time yeah no i mean again us they talk about some of us i'm sure they don't talk about all of us every episode but are they like sneaking around my place and like getting stuff no that's not what fans do uh, they just listen to the podcast and i mean just like we do they listen to the podcast and then they talk about it all right we're, we're getting too worked up. My, well, we're getting yeah. too worked up we're getting too worked up percy so we introduced yeah. you briefly say hello yeah, this is uh, Percy from the, uh, well, from the originally, most recently from the Birmingham Bruises, yeah. I'm in the Lancashire now, just completed move a while back. Uh, so doing some uh, freelance bruising, uh, independent bruising professional in Lancashire. If anybody in Lancashire is interested in some bruising, uh, let me know. If they're cruising. For a bruising. If they're cruising for a bruising, I'm going to use that as a slogan. Yeah, I'm founding the uh, sort of founded the uh, Lancashire Bruises. It's a preliminary. It's got it's it's in its founding stages right now. You found it? I'm founding it. Yeah. So it, it, like it was the, already there beforehand? No, it's just got founded right now. I'm a little confounded by this. I'm which is the opposite of founded, I guess. Well, that would be unfounded. 
would be opposite of founded. No, I think my so concerns are very founded. I'm trying to figure out what your relationship is to these bruisers. Well, founding it, I just thought, like, there's no bruisers. And I'm like, all right, let's make it so there's some bruisers. No, there's some bruisers now. We're starting a club for the bruisers. So you found We're the bruisers. No, I'm found in the bru- like there's I'm in Lancashire and there's not a bruising community, so to speak. The bruising scene is very, very weak. There's not a bruising club uh, or anything uh, like I that. Get, I think I get it. So you founded the bruisers to find bruisers. I founded it so I find it, yeah. All right. That way you could make it and then when you go away you come back, there it is. You found if it. I, yeah, well, you know, I'm ro- I'm a rolling stone wherever I gather no moss and I figure when I if I come back, yeah, then there's bruising all all over. There's going to be some more bruising. But again, if you're interested in doing some bruising, that's the place to go. Bruising can be a very rewarding hobby. All right. All right. So yes. So Hank, that's the kind of thing they're gonna they're gonna be on casting wax, going, oh my god, he's doing a bruising. He's cruising for bruising, founding bruises on people's bodies, and they're gonna be talking about that. But that's not what we're here to talk about we're here they're then they're like big fans of this of bruising yeah the the people that are fans from from casting wax i don't think they're specifically just fans of bruising i think they're fans of percy's bruising but that doesn't matter really good at bruising yeah but the point is it doesn't matter because we're here to talk not about bruising but about cast in wax not casting wax not cast of wax, not kegs of wax, not card cardboard is, wax. Is there drops. a show called Kegs of Wax? Not not yet. Not cactus wax. We're not here for any other wax but cast in wax, right? Well, yeah, right. Well, then, I mean, I figure you want occasionally some talking about because you get a bruising expert on a show. I figure you want to talk every once in a while, at least, like mention bruising or get an opinion about bruising or something. Well, you know, again, the fact that you are on the show means we know bruising's going to come up. But that's not the we're not bruising one on one. Right, right. No, I figure people are more advanced than that already. Well. That's pretty simple bruising. Well, hold on, etiquette. I, I shouldn't. We shouldn't even. Again, we're getting so far ahead of ourselves. I, I we have one other co-host here. My 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 very good friend and pet rabbit flea. Yes, thank you again, Steve, for having me on the show. Um, as always, uh, it's been enjoyable. But Steve, you've actually, I think you've buried the lead a little bit. If you, if you pardon my. Uh, my jargon, if, if that's not uh, too inside baseball, uh, so to speak, uh, uh, but you've buried the lead in that you haven't talked about why we haven't done a show in so long. Oh, uh, yes, right. No, okay. So, uh, thank you uh, for bringing that up, Flea. Oh, I, did I say Flea's a rabbit? Yeah, yeah, you did. Okay, he's my rabbit. Thank you. Uh, no, the reason we haven't, I mean, it's, <laughs> I'm embarrassed, okay? I'm embarrassed. Well, why are you? What is there to be embarrassed about? Well, I'm embarrassed because here we are, the unofficial podcast of Waxwork.com. We Every time there's an episode of Cast in Wax, you and I and you and you listen to it, right? Then we get together. Yeah. Right. And then we get together and we record this show talking about like a little, uh, you know. Like the reactions to all the new stuff and things that's happened on the show. Exactly. We are the voice of the fan community here. We react. We talk about it. You know, we don't write into their show because that would be a strange crossover, but we talk about it here so that other- I've, I've written, I've written into the show. You have? Yeah. And like not all the time. Like sometimes I did. All right. Well, I thought we had an agreement that we weren't doing that. So. I, I mean, I probably did it before the agreement. All right. Fine. You, you know what? You do what you you do what you feel you got to do. 
All right. I don't do it because I feel like that would be a weird crossover. But the point is my, we, we, uh, we, we interact with the community a different way. Every time there's an episode, there's this. Uh, and here we are in, in the most productive that waxwork.com has been in, in ages. How many, how many weeks in a row is this? Six weeks, seven weeks in a row? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It is. Yes, it's many. it's been it's been seven weeks of episodes right in a row, uh, and we have not done a reaction podcast for the last six of them. Well, it gets difficult because they're doing it so often. It's like every time they do a program and say it's an hour and a half long, then I got to have an hour and a half of time to listen to the hour and a half they made. To to listen to it, it takes that long. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, well, that's not why we didn't do it. I mean. I had the hour and a half. I listened to the episodes, didn't you? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I made the time. Like, I'd be like, oh, what? I mean, you've got like a scrape that looks like that would be a blood bruise or something. But you just, you sit back, relax. I'll be back later. I've got to listen to this thing for an hour and a half. And the guy would say, oh, you, you got it. See you later. He, usually he's gone by the time I'm back there. But I, I listened to the thing. I listened to the program. And... And it's, it's really good. It's good no, but that's not. I mean, that's not why we haven't been doing it. It's because I, I've been. I mean, I don't know. Not a lot of people know, but I. You know, this isn't my first job. This is my second job doing this podcast. You would get money from this podcast? Well, yeah. I mean, we sell the merchandise. Well, yeah. Um, where does the money go for the merchandise? Well, somebody. I mean, some. I, I, look, that this isn't a time to talk about finances. My point was that I have a, a first job first. This is my second job, okay? I didn't know it was a job. It's, well, it, it is a job. You do it, and you do it on a regular basis, so you should know this. But, I thought it was like a hobby or a volunteer thing because I wasn't getting any money. Well, I don't pay you, so it's a no-pay job. Look, the, this is not... Okay, can I just get back to where I was saying? I'm a realtor. I sell homes... I sell apartments. I sell office spaces. I sell everything. I've been really busy with work. It's been a, a busy time of year. So I had a bunch of time. I, every time I thought, let's record a thing, I had to go sell a place. Now, fortunately, it's not going to be a problem. I, I lost my license to sell Realty. So you had to do it without a license the whole time. No, I just lost it just now. Yes. Oh, so you're gonna like have to go and like do it totally without a license. Well, I was just—I mean, I wasn't. That's against the law. I was just gonna not have a job. That doesn't sound like you make a lot of money that way. Well, no, that's why I'm again. I'm thankful to fall back on my second job, which is this. Uh, it does make enough well, wait money. A minute, wait, yep. you don't make. I don't make any money from this. How would you make money from, from the, the merchandise? I don't make any money from the merchandise. Correct. So how would you make your money from the merchandise? I, I don't know if you really want to use this podcast as a forum to talk about the bad contracts you signed. Wait a minute. Are you saying the contracts that we signed were bad? Well, I mean, you tell me, Percy. Are you happy with 15%? Oh, I mean, it's been pretty lucrative considering it's really easy work. You just sit down and talk about these things. And to be honest, I'm used to using force as a means of persuasion, and it's been refreshing how civilized and, uh, and 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 peaceful we've been able to keep all the contract negotiations and everything. So I've been pretty happy with it. Yeah, right. That, so that's what I'm saying. Your contract is good. My contract is good. Flea's contract is good. So wait, you're you're just saying only my contract is bad? I didn't. I mean, I didn't say it, but I but mean, the, but Flea said it. He didn't say yours. Look, Flea's got a good deal. Flea gets fifty percent of the money goes to him. Wait, wait, why? I don't get any of the money though. Right, that's why he gets fifty percent because it goes to keeping up his cage, buying him rabbit food, and our 
human food that a rabbit can eat, things but like I that. I live in a place and I eat food and I that costs somebody money. But I, who does it cost money? You want to pass the charge on to the listener? I, that doesn't matter. I, I, you, I do as much work as you do on uh, this. I talk oh, on as many shows as you do. I don't know about that. <laughs> I think I do a little bit more. <laughs> what well, you do on a podcast. I, uh, first of all, my insights, I think, are the best insights on the podcast, regardless of who's talking, okay? In oh, addition... Yeah, I'm more of a, I'm more of a De Braun than the brains on the podcast. Right. Uh, you, you could say all my arguments are arguments by force. Usually, you know, I'll say, well, you better think this or I'll beat you. And that usually convinces them. He's the, he's the muscle. Steve is the, well, not muscle, but like, uh, you know, the backbone, the labor the labor yeah yeah because i do like the editing and i do the recording and i i upkeep the website and i'm like the well i'm the charm and i'm the ideas and i'm the face i think i mean if you look at that merchandise it's mostly rabbit themed merchandise well what what am i then you're the comic relief so i'm funny you're saying like 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 frank is funny i try to be like frank maybe that makes me fun maybe it makes me funny you think frank is funny he's like one of the great wits of uh, the era oh all right well that's i guess that's one way to look at it i suppose yeah he's like the 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 most greatest humorist um interview genius who has his humor so subtle the, some of you didn't know about humor wouldn't even know it was there. Look, if you want to talk numbers, we can talk numbers. No, no, we should do well, this. No, no, we got a podcast to no, do. No, hold on. Let me just let me just uh, make a point. Hank, if we look at the numbers, all right, I've got them here. I, I poop on these yeah. numbers. So I've got them down here in my cage. Uh, here we go. In the last 30 days, we have sold 700 flea t-shirts. Now that's of different designs, different catchphrases of mine, but they all have my face on them. We have only sold... Less than 100, about 73 T-shirts with your face on them. Well, 70. Well, it's that's even that's kind of kind of low. It's embarrassing. Weird. It's embarrassing. I mean that that means there's like 73 people out there with my face on their chest. Yeah, and if you look at what the strange and if you look at the actual specifics, most of them are female smalls that's not even our core demographic our core demographic is extra large males how do how do i know who they are they these like small females that are wearing my 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 face out around on do you not recognize your own face no i do i just haven't seen this ever happen this this is really weird imagine if there's people like walking around with your face on them there are there's 800 of them i mean come on Uh, in the last month in the last month i mean obviously again i'm not extrapolating through the lifespan of the store. There's far more than that. <laughs> Doesn't that weird you out? And is it like, I mean, I guess, are they really wearing my picture so they get the Frank Allen picture on my shirt? I, no, it's, it's just your face. Have you not seen these t-shirts? It's just your face. No, uh, no, no, I haven't. It's just your face. It says, grab a Hank. <laughs> grab a Hank? Does that mean they're like, if they meet me, they are going to grab me? I, I, yeah, you have to ask them why they bought. It's just a, th- it's just a motto. So it was my idea. Has 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 Frank bought the shirt? Is he a small female? No, he's a large male. But you you didn't say it was only a hundred percent small females. There was one medium male and one extra large female. But neither of those were Frank. He could probably fit into an extra large female. That's private. Frank stuff. No, uh, look, we've gotten so off track here. 
Which yeah, about- well, this is, we, this is totally uh, relevant to the program. I mean, I'll listen to all these programs just so we could talk about and react on the show right now. Right. We're supposed to be talking about cast in Wex. There's been six episodes, friends, since last time we had an episode of our show. Six episodes. We got to cruise through these things. Usually we go really in-depth. We got to do the brief versions, okay? So let's let's go back. Obviously, you can, you know, if you look at our last episode of our show, you could see what we thought of episode 157, which was called Point by Point. We talked about that. We covered it in depth. But we have not talked about 158, 159, 160, 161, 162, 163. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, okay? So let's go to uh, what, what, what was the f- what was the first one? Uh, uh, October twenty eighth, episode one fifty eight. Uh, what was that episode called? Oh, that uh, that episode uh, that was called "What a Load of Bleep." Uh, right, right, yes, "What a Load of Bleep." Uh, that was in reference to that. Well, that was from obviously from one of the the host segments. Well, yeah, they were like talking about something somebody else said and they were saying it was a load of bleep. Actually, if I remember correctly, I think all four of the hosts said that at some point about something the other hosts were saying. Well, they often often disagree with each other. They're like, one person thinks one thing and the other ones are saying, no, you're wrong about that. And then they argue a lot. I could just solve that by beating each other up. Well, that's—I mean—that's one way to do it. So, but okay, I, I could do—I could do one of those uh, super cuts. I mean, it's not that super; it's four. Four, four of what? For, su- you know, super cuts. That's when they when they say I'm going to play every time that something happens. So for this, it would be every time that one of them said, "What a load of bleep." Oh, I thought that was like the haircut change. Oh, super cuts. Yeah, that's a different super cuts. They didn't sponsor the show. I don't recommend you go to them. I, I always have great haircuts. From don't them. they didn't sponsor the show? They suck. They're terrible. Why, what's so terrible? Like I think my haircuts look great from Supercuts. Well, seventy people agree with you, but seventy out of wait, wait. Oh, you talking about the seventy people that bought my face? Yeah, yeah, yes. But okay, look. Uh, help me refresh my memory. What are the parts where they said what a load of beep? Frank was talking about something that Jordan said. What was he talking about? Oh yeah. Well, that was when Jordan said that he was not going to be playing that thing that Frank did, which was a load of beep. And then what was Scape upset about? I forget. I mean, I can't. It's been a little. It's been weeks since I listened to this. I don't know. I listened to it weeks ago too. Percy, do you remember? Well, uh, I'll, I'll listen to this when it came out. Mainly, the thing was Frank Allen came in and he just been like, it sounded like he had an horrible day at work at a supermarket. And he was saying that his boss had got on him because he wasn't bagging quick enough. And he started bagging really fast and he cut himself on the bagging equipment and he was bleeding all over. And and Jordan told him he had to go and like clean up the cut or put a bandaid on it or something because he was getting blood all over his apartment. Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Let, let me let me go, let me grab those clips. Let me grab those clips. Uh, again, I keep just telling me to go faster and faster. So I'm going. I'm going as fast as I can. I'm going to throw in the fruit. I'm throwing in the frozen things. I'm throwing. I mean, not in that order. Not in that order. Obviously, you do the frozen things in their separate bags and then you, okay. But no, it doesn't matter. The point is, I'm going really fast. So I know what I'm doing. So I know I'm doing it. I'm going really fast. And then I cut my finger, and it's literally spraying fifty yards away out of my my oh, my vein. What a load of sh- no, it's not. It's it's. I'm serious. When I say literally, okay. When I say literally, I don't mean literally. I mean, that's what I mean. But you have to. I I interviewed those paramedics. They were taking me to the hospital, but I managed somehow to click on the recorder. You have to play. This. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna play it. We promised Scape that we would play his brand new show. I'm not gonna play your clip. Oh, what a load of shit! Yes, I chose this podcast to be the unveiling of my new paper entitled "The Meacham Effect." What a load of shit! 
It begins thusly. Part one. So I was going through the bathroom, and there it was, right in the middle of the floor. What a load of Yeah, Scape's show was great, actually. That was probably the best part of the episode, was Scape's international travels. And he, uh, it's like, escaping from America or something like that. And uh, I really liked the first episode going to Kazakhstan. I thought that was a great out-of-the-way destination for Scape. And I, I was really not expecting him to do a travel show. Yeah, no, it's very un- unusual for a, uh animal, such as, you know, the kind of that Scape is, and also that I myself am, to experience the world in such a mature and inquisitive way. Uh, I feel like the the recommendations he did for dining sounded impeccable. I well, they were just like all all the recommendations were just like kill rodents and eat them and birds and things. Though, well, I know, I, but I I like to dream that someday I can do that. I mean, I mostly eat carrots, but I dream. Well, I think like murdering stuff is exciting. That was part of the good part of it. And there's like lots of murderers he, he you could you could emulate. He's murdering cats and he's not murdering cats. He's murdering like rats and things like that. It's an exciting way to get food. It's like more more, more exciting than just like you know, in a restaurant, just like threatening them till they give you a meal. Is that how you usually get food? You just threaten people to make you food? Oh, yeah. Well, how do you get food? I pay for it. Well, I mean, when I had a job. Yeah, well, this would be great for when you don't have a job, and it's cheaper. Well, I didn't have... I, well, I still have a job. I have this job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, well, this, I mean, this is where you save some money, you can use it for something else. Like, if you have to write away for something, and it's, like, harder to threaten people when you're writing away, because you have to write a letter. It's like, well, if you don't send me this mail order thing, I'll beat you up, you believe it, and then they just write you back, and they're like, that's dumb, you're, on the, you're in a letter, you can't beat me up. And you have to write back and say, yeah, well, that's right, but you better send it. Watch out, or else, and it gets they, they stop believing you. Uh, all right, I I guess. Anyway, look, uh, we talked about Scape's new show. That was pretty exciting. Uh, Rory did his paper. We just heard a, a clip from it. That was kind of good, right? I didn't follow it. What was going on? I wasn't listening to the Rory part. I was more of concern for Frank. I mean, it was really. It was really scary that he might have been bleeding and stuff like that. Oh, uh, yeah, he was bleeding. I mean, I think he had already passed out by that point. Yeah, I mean, the whole segment in the hospital, it was the most dramatic the show has ever been. I think I have a clip of that with uh, with the doctor. What was the doctor's name? Oh, Dr. McGillicuddy. Right. Let's, let's uh, bring up Dr. McGillicuddy talking to Frank, breaking him the news. Frank, uh, I got to tell you... Um no, no easy way to put this. Uh, uh, let, let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Clear bill of health. No, because I feel uh, great. Yeah, I, I know you do, Frank. But well, hold uh, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. How much do I have to give you for a clean bill of health? A, a fake clean bill of health is what you want. No, I want you to make it true with your doctoring, Frank. Uh, there, there's nothing. There's nothing a doctor can do about this. About what? I was I was so worried when that happened. Well, yeah, it's a pretty worrying thing when a doctor has something bad to tell you. Uh, thankfully, well, we all know what happened. Well, yeah, I mean, it's sort of embarrassing for Frank. I wonder why he, uh, it's probably why he wanted to stop the clip right there. I mean, if I was him, I wouldn't want that on a podcast at all. That's Yeah, true. I don't think we should talk about it. All yet. right. I was just saying, if I was, if I had chronic bad smell, I would want it to, I mean, if you're on a podcast, you can't necessarily tell what that is on the, on the podcast. And I that's mean, the way. Keep that a secret. Right. That's the way, and that's the way the doctor said it. But it? he was telling him never to go out in public and never to have a job or anything like that. He was, uh, I mean that's uh, that's not realistic. He was he was being cruel to it. That's true. 
That's true. Oh, but guys, can we get back to the interesting part of the podcast? You might not have followed it, and you might not have been listening because Frank had passed out, but I listened to Rory's entire scientific paper. Let me tell you, as far as I'm concerned, he can call that thing peer-reviewed because it checked out to me. Wait, are you a scientist? Well, I, I mean, I may not have an actual PhD, but I think that I'm a scientist. Is that how being a scientist works? Do you, I would say that probably 95 to 99% of the people who are scientists think that they're scientists. Wait, that's not what I meant. I mean, you can just decide that you think you're a scientist and that makes you into a scientist? I didn't decide that I think I'm a scientist. I just think it. No, but just thinking you're a scientist doesn't make you into a scientist. Like, if you just think you're a scientist, you might not really be one. Right, well, let's just agree to disagree because we have five more episodes to talk about it. <laughs> but then you just, then it like sounds like you won if you just agree to disagree. Well, I think that I do agree that you disagree with me. Because I'm right when I disagree with you. Disagree? Uh, okay, okay. So, anyway, that all happened with Frank Allen and the doctor and the, the paper getting read. Uh, are we forgetting anything else about this episode before we move on? Well, it was the end of Knife and Van Etten was oh. over in the end of that. Yeah. How can we forget that? Well, because Frank wasn't in He's it. your friend. Nathan's your friend. Have some respect. Yeah. Well, I mean, so also, Our, I mean, we weren't that great friends, really. Let's play the episode, please. Let's, let's cut the clip. Okay, we'll play the clip from the episode. Let's do it. Lessons from the Life of Nathan Van Etten by Charles Berman, Pete Bowers, and Mickey Weishner. Season 2, Episode 15, Death Dignifies Nathan Van Etten. Hello, my name is Mickey, and I'm here to tell you how Nathan Van Etten died. It happened quite a while ago, and nobody really remembers the time or the place, but everyone that I've spoken to seems content with forgetting, so we'll say that it's spring, mid-afternoon. The place is a nondescript convenience store. All right! Let's see what kind of ice cream flavors this place has. There was general uncertainty as to why Nathan was out in his condition, but we do know that he had cried wolf about being sick so often his father took no notice of the complaints anymore. Most people had stopped taking notice of most of the things that he did. Darn right, voice! If I didn't know any better, I would say people were avoiding me. Well, it's at least nice to know that my head voice sounds a little more calm than the last few. You're not going to try to eat me, are you? <laughs> no, Nathan. I'm not going to try to eat you. I'm just observing. Well, good. Finally, a head voice that knows its place in the kitchen inside my mind. Which is pretty painful at this point. Are you having another headache, Nathan? Yeah, it's like an ice cream headache. Only I haven't eaten my ice cream yet. That's why I'm buying some right now! You've been having them pretty frequently, I've been told. Yeah, but that just means I get a lot of ice cream. So, you know, it all works out in the end. Oh, look! They've got peanut butter blast! As Nathan went to grab his ice cream, I remember for some reason that he accidentally ran into... Jane! Oh, damn it all. Just what do you think you're doing in this sacred hall of frozen cow juices? I'm getting yogurt for your dad and I, Nathan. Don't make a scene. Please don't make a scene. A scene?! Why would you think that I would make a scene? Is there a director here? No! Nathan, for God's sake, 
Don't you walk away from me, hussy! I'm trying to stand up for myself! No, Nathan. You're making an ass out of yourself. Again. I'm going to check out, and then I'm going back to your house. Oh, insult to injury, even! If there was a director here, I hope he would yell cut at you! I definitely know he would yell makeup! Nathan, stop it! You do this all the time. I'm trying to live my life away from you, and you just keep following me around like a puppy who loves to bite himself. Don't you dare bring Scoob into this! I never did! This is exactly what I'm talking about. You're constantly misunderstanding people, and it's driving us all insane. Insane, Jane? I will tell you what's insane. Insane is cutting Firefly off at one season. Insane is when you check your wallet for Skittles. Insane is also when I have to watch you buy yogurt to eat with my dad. No, Nathan. It's called shopping. And that's what civilized adults do, so I'm positive you wouldn't understand. Listen here, you! Everybody put your head down. This is a robbery. Oh my god, he's got a gun! That's right, lady. Now put your face on the ground and don't move. You too, short stuff! Or I put a bullet in your girlfriend. Oh god, oh god, Nathan, just do as he says. Hell no, I will not get down on these dirty tile floors for anybody who dares to call me your girlfriend. She is not my girlfriend. She does live with me, though. So, you know, it's... it's... it's awkward. But still, if anybody is gonna shoot Jane, it's gonna be me! Maybe I can arrange that. Now get down on the ground! You can't make me! Actually, yes I can. See this gun? It's fucking loaded! Nathan, get down! Shut up for just five seconds, Jane! I'm trying to protect my right to shoot you at a later time! Listen here, hooded man who smells of menthol! Cool 100s, of course. I may hate Jane. I may hate her really badly, but I'm not gonna let you shoot her. So, I'm gonna stand in front of her. So, so if you shoot her, you'll shoot me first. Nathan, what the hell are you doing? I'm not really sure, Jane, but the director hasn't called cut yet. Not really a problem, buddy. You want a bullet in the fucking head? My head? M- my head? Oh, God, my head. Oh, Whoa. You okay, dude? I didn't shoot you yet. I think... I think I'm gonna... I think I'm gonna... Jesus Christ. Nathan! Thanks for the hot dog, Stanley. Nathan, what's wrong? Nathan? Nathan! Oh, fuck this shit! I'm out of here! Someone call an ambulance! The ambulance responded within the four to seven minute range estimated for the driving distance. A customer had phoned to the authorities about a holdup resulting in a seizure. The male was of unknown age and weak build. He was rushed to the nearest hospital in Thorpsburg, Pennsylvania. The patient's name was Nathan Van Etten. Nathan? Nathan? Are you awake? Voice? <coughs> Is that you? It's me, Nathan, yes. But I'm not your head voice. My name is Mickey, and I've been waiting to meet you for a long time. Mickey? Like the ma- Ow! 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 Take it easy, Nathan. We're almost done here. Where am I? What happened? You're in the hospital, Nathan. You had an aneurysm. A what? Is that like candy? No, Nathan. It's when you burst a blood vessel in your brain, and that causes you to have a seizure. You actually have stage 4 brain cancer, and you have for a long time. That's why you've been hearing so many voices in your head. Oh! That sounds bad. It's pretty bad, yeah. What happens now? Good luck, Nathan.
Nathan, you're awake. Wonderful. I have a few guests here to see you. Oh, sure. Come in, everyone. Visiting hours are a few moments longer. Hello, son. Dad, you came to see me. I'm, I'm glad. Don't mention it. I'm merely fulfilling a filial obligation. Oh, and Jane. Jane, you came too. Hi, Nathan. <clears throat> Who, who's that? It's me, Nathan. Psoriasis Todd? It's, no, it's just Todd, please. Oh, sorry. What's that? I brought you this personal pizza. You know, thought it might make you feel better. Really? Yep, mayonnaise and salmon jerky, just the way you like it. Thank you. Where's everybody else? What? You know, everybody else. The people I had all my adventures with. Nathaniel, there is nobody else. This is it. This is it? There are only three people here. Your mother is actually here as well, but she's parking the car. Mom? She's not in India? No. She came back to see you, Nathaniel. But... but there should be more people here. Oh my god. I... I think I figured it out. I learned something, but... but not just for today. I learned... I learned that you only have one life, and it's not very long at all. You shouldn't expect to live forever because you only end up taking advantage of other people's kindness. Jane, Jane, I get you now. You are going to give me everything. Your life, your heart, your very happiness, and I never let you. Instead, I, I almost let you bleed to death in your own house because I was fighting to save miniatures for a game I can't remember the rules for. I ruined your life. I'm sorry. Dad, you only ever wanted the best of me. You gave me so much to take advantage of. I had an entire world at my fingertips, and I never took it. I always thought you were being silly or eccentric. You just wanted someone to make you proud. I wonder now if I ever did. Well, I, I don't have to wonder long, actually. I know I didn't. I'm sorry. And, and Todd, I named you psoriasis. And you brought me a pizza. My favorite kind. I can't believe you remembered. I'm sure you didn't want to. And I'm sorry for not being a better friend. Can any of you ever find it in your hearts to forgive me? Will any of you even remember me? Hey folks, I'm sorry, but visiting hours are over. I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Of course. Sorry, son, but we'll have to talk about this tomorrow. Good night. Come along, Jane. Yeah. Yeah, see you later, Nathan. Where do you want me to put your pizza? Nathan? Nathan? Lesson from the life of Nathan Van Etten. Mickey was Mickey Weishner. Nathan Van Etten was Mickey Weishner. Jane was Aaron Morsey. The robber was Jacob Thompson. The nurse was Cheska Miller. Nathan's dad was Daniel Schwartz. And Todd was Bailiff Quimby. Well, yeah, like, see, I wasn't there when he died or anything, so... But he was a friend of yours. He was a member of your other podcast. Well, yeah, he was a member of that. Um, and... I knew him, so yeah, it was sad. But, I, but I've looked over your podcast list. You didn't even do a memorial episode for him. Well, no, because he, he couldn't be on it because he died. No, I don't mean with him. I mean about him. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could do that now. Yeah. 
if you do it this far after the fact because I said it, then you look like a schmuck. You already think I look like a schmuck because you were saying like only 70 people bought my T-shirt. Agreed. Let's move on to the next episode because it's been, again, it's been a very long time since this happened. I don't remember the last time Jordan has done an episode every week of a month, but that's what happened for November. Four weeks, four episodes, and they're some of the best of the of the podcast ever. Now, uh, Percy, you were a big fan of the episode from uh, uh, November fourth, right? Episode one fifty nine. Oh yeah, it was one of the best, one of the best episodes there was. Cause well, there was a lot of fighting in that one, and it's usually like verbal fighting, which is oh that's interesting. But this is the one where they finally took it out on each other. Right, and this is the episode called "Do You Like the Taste of My Fist?" because it's a sandwich. Yeah, which is like a long title for the episode, and it was really. I mean, I guess you have to if you if you're having a physical fist fight while you're recording a podcast i guess you gotta sort of like yell out some long intimidating sayings while you're doing it just so the listener can tell like oh yeah what they're having a fight right well no actually i think you're mistaken i mean you may have to do that but if you actually go back and listen to the episode they said that long before they started fighting it wasn't in reference to a fight at all oh that was i mean that was the thing that started it was when they were trying to feed each other their fists right right yeah no that's right i got the clip here we go I'm just, uh, you know, I'm sorry. I'm just really hungry. Well, okay. I've got leftover sushi. Would you like that? No, I don't eat sushi anymore because it's cruel to fish. What? Because, they, you know, you have to kill them and all. Yeah, you've got to kill everything. The only other option would be to eat something that's alive. Like, I'd be like, here, have have, have my hand. Here, you can make my, my fist into a sandwich. Do you, do you like the taste of my fist because it's a sandwich? Like, that's much better now. You can just, ah, and then you bite well, it. Yes, and that sounds fine. Let me just bite it. Ow, no, dude, you're not allowed to, you, what, no, you're not sand. allowed to bite my fist. I thought that. The best part of that was when Frank got all his blows in. Um, yeah, well, I thought I think the best part really was the, the uh, I mean, some of the things that they revealed in the letters in that episode were uh, were unbelievable. I mean, the fact that they all became presidents of separate countries, and they were just the fact that they started off squabbling like that, and by the end of it, they were ready to literally blow each other up. That's That sounds like uh, my cue for another supercut. Here we go. Dear Mr. White, I'm just writing to inform you. Appointed the new president of France. Congratulations. Uh, dear Rory, just wanted to let you know that we've elected you the duly elected ruler of Australia. So if you want to come on down here and take charge. Uh, hey Frank, if you want to be king of Zimbabwe, that's cool. So I perspective that uh, the new president of the United States of America is going to be Scape White. And this by true decree of all the responsibility elected in me as the uh, leader of the U- United offense, Cree fence, believe well, United States, America, and part of the party of it declared you to be the president of the United States. All right, guys, 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 guys. All right, all right. Let's all take a breath. On the count of three, all four of us will swear a treaty, right? All right. Yes, fine. One, two. I'm going to bomb the I'm not going to bomb but then there was there was the guy at the end and the the guy who admitted that when he sent a letter before saying he was Fidel Castro it was a lie and that meant that doesn't that mean anybody can just send a lie to the podcast and they'll act like it's real and they'll just believe it I, I mean I don't know I never sent a letter to the podcast so how am I supposed to well, know do, I mean well are they just that gullible will they just believe anything I, I mean they 
I, I assume that all the letters they got were true. And I didn't understand. Don't you this remember letter. when the guy said he was lying and he wasn't really Fidel Castro? I thought that must have been a lie. I didn't understand. But he said it was a lie. Wait, so he said the lie was a lie? No, he said the a lie was the, a lie in the first place. A lie was a lie in the first place? Yeah. Come on. What are you saying? What are you saying? Percy, explain this to me. He's saying that when the guy wrote in and said he was Fidel Castro, he was lying and he was really somebody else of the people who are not Fidel Castro. Lying about being Fidel Castro. Right. He said that he did that and he wrote in and he was like, ha, ha, ha. I was not really Fidel Castro. You're dumb. I fooled you. Got you good. All right. Well, you look like you've got egg on your face. Let's try an experiment. Yeah. All right. Let's do that. I'm going to write a letter. Out. Cast in wax. You're writing into the podcast. You're writing into the podcast. I'm doing it right now on the podcast. You've never done podcast. that before. No, it's an experiment. Right. You see if it works. All right. Hello, Jordan. I am... Uh, who's, who's somebody famous? Who's somebody famous? Well, Macho Man Randy Savage is famous. I am Macho Man Randy Savage. Snap into a Slim Jim. If you read this on the podcast, I will... Give you, uh, uh, twenty uh cars. Well, you're just saying twenty cars because the one guy that wrote in last week gave them all ten cars. All right, all right, fine. I'll change it. Fine. That was you're right. That was last week. It's on my mind. You're right. Uh, I will give you ah the title of supreme ukulele master of the universe. Yeah, why not? Uh, love the show. Uh, kiss Frank Allen. That's for you, Frank. Thanks. I love it when people kiss Frank Allen. Uh, Randy Savage. All right, I'm sending it. We'll see what happens next time. They'll know it's you, because, like, it'll be written in your writing style. I, I, I'm telling you, Jordan doesn't listen to this podcast. So he'll think it's, like, somebody else than you. We're going to find out. We're going to find out that it's he if he thinks it's Macho Man. Well, then, okay. They also played Annie Italic on this episode. Uh, yeah, 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 they did. Uh, I don't remember what episode it was. They, she, they've done, like, five episodes. Was this a good one? Well, there are, I mean, none of them have Frank Allen in Let's say that. All right. So... I might have, like, fast-forwarded. So you you wanted to bring up an episode you fast-forwarded through? Well, yeah, because right. while that was happening... Yeah, what did you do? Well, that's when I went back and, and edited together all the Frank clips. All right. Well, then, you know what? I'm going to... Fine. I'm going to play you this episode of Annie Italic because you weren't listening to it. So listen to it now, okay? I'm going to quiz you on it. Okay, well, fine, 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 fine. I'll listen, I'll listen. All right, here we go. Eugene Seabrook and the italic tracks the most thrilling events of our day with the determination of a bloodhound, poised notebook in hand for the moment of a big break. When you're a reporter, you worry a lot about editors. They're always telling you what to write, telling you how to write it, making you write it again because the thing they told you to write about wasn't written the way they told you to write it. You know the feeling. And sometimes they just 
disappear. Yeah, I haven't seen Eugene Seabrook in a while either. I've gotten so much work done that I've had to give up drinking. What a coincidence. Without Gene, I've had nothing to do but sit at home and drink all day. Sounds like a mystery. Actually, John Impact Man Reporter, I know exactly what happened. He's gone missing. The real mystery would be determining the cause of his disappearance. Eh, uh, right you are. What should we do? Maybe he left some kind of a note in his office. Offices are normally where notes are made. Let's go investigate. I guess that makes me Scooby-Doo. Let's go investigate. Well, I guess there's still Shaggy. Even I don't want to be Shaggy. The door to his office was locked. But fortunately, John Impact had a crowbar in his car for crowbarring or whatever. When we got the door open, we were pretty surprised. Ah, there you are. What are you doing here? Waiting for my new employees to come see me. Three weeks, four days, ten hours, and thirty-four seconds. A pity. Three minutes shy of the record. Wait. New employees? Listening. Well done. I have purchased this media outlet and merged it with another media outlet. You are now the serfs of the Thorpsburg Ledger Star Bulletin Journal and Herald Press Examiner, or Tulsibjahipi for short. What happened to Gene? I bought this paper from Eugene Seabrook for three magical beans. And $28 million. Mystery solved. Eugene Seabrook? I thought Chop Henderson owned the newspaper. So did Eugene. Seabrook, that is. Now he's rich, and I have a newspaper. Surf? Not now, underling. The beach is too far away. And anyway, now is the time for work. Oh, yeah. You were the guy at the restaurant. Well spotted. As a reward for your well spotting, I give you the first assignment. Thanks? You're welcome. To do your job. We've already been working for three weeks without any interference. Rest assured, those days are over. Now, go to the old folks' home. What? Why? The internet tells me that print media is dead. You must find a person who is near, death that is, and hire them as a correspondent to bring data back from the source. The afterlife. Precisely. But we already know what happens when we die. Annie and Billy Baskerville found that ghost prostitutes haunt people. Those dead people are still here. You, small child, should go and sell them subscriptions. Consider them subscribed. John, come with me. I bet ghost prostitutes will be much more likely to talk to a handsome man reporter than a plucky younger girl reporter. Plus, you can hold my hand if things get scary. Uh, sure. That leaves you. What do you do? Drink, mostly. I shall call you Drinktopus. Drinktopus, fetch me a feta martini. One time in of Athens, coming up. While Harvey mixed something truly criminal, I made my way to the Sweet Release Senior Living Center. How may I help you? I'm Annie Italic from the Legistar Bulletin Journal and Herald Press Examiner. I've come to see which of your residents is closest to death. I know it sounds horrible. No, I'm actually trying to think if Miss Clemens is still with us. I remember her family was here last week. Oh, bad luck. She kicked it last night. Such milk of human kindness. Who's left? Well, Mr. Kennedy in room 319 is pretty decrepit. Try him. Thanks. Anytime. Let me know if you're too late. The trip to room 319 was an education all its own. Hey, Steve. How was Miss Hannigan? I was too late. Nice, dude. Third this week. That free turkey is mine for sure. But I made it there eventually. 
Coming. Mr. Kennedy, I'm in the italic from the Thorpsburg Legistar Bulletin Journal. Oh my god, you President Kennedy! But this is. Confound it, lady. Quiet down. If I were 30 years younger, I'd take you over my knee and ask you politely to quiet down. And then something else might happen. I don't quite remember. But you. You're. It's. Listen here, miss. I don't know what you're thinking of blurting out my business to. Oh, buttermilk. The catheter slipped. Give me a moment to readjust this. Oh, sure. Take your time. Johnny, come to nursing home. Bring camera. Ah, there we go. Snug as a Chinese quim. Now, uh, who are you again, Missy? Oh, I'm Annie Italic from the Legistar Bulletin Journal and Herald Press Examiner. I was supposed to talk to an old person. Yeah, here I am. May I call you Marilyn? It, uh, helps me focus. Okay, fine, whatevs. But Jack, how are you still alive? Ramen whores. Or is it, uh, humming roars? No, that doesn't make any sense. No, I mean, I thought you were dead. No, and, uh, could you be a little more breathy when you talk? Uh, okay. How did you survive being shot? Bonus life. Every Kennedy has one. Wait, no, that can't be right. Magic. No, that doesn't work either. So... Who was shot in Dallas? J.R. Put on this wig. No, no, no. Who was shot in Dallas, Texas, 1963? That was Ted. I hate that guy. Always drinking my booze. Wait, then who was senator from Massachusetts for so long? My brother Bobby. I hate that guy. Then who was shot in California at the... Democratic National Convention. That was Lee Harvey Oswald. I miss him. What? Then who did Jack Ruby shoot? Malcolm Y. I mean, Malcolm X. I mean, uh, American History X. That was a movie. Then who shot Ed Norton? Nobody shot Ed Norton. Somebody should. I hate that guy. Let's try this again. Who shot Ted Kennedy in Dallas? That was me. What? Why? Eh, who knows. You would. You're right. Let's ask me. Well? Oh, uh, right. Uh, revenge. For what? I, uh, forget. After the revenge, it, uh, didn't matter. We settled our differences. I mean, he never did it again. So President John Fit... Oh, sorry, sorry. So, President John Fitzgerald Kennedy fakes his own death. To commit murder and hide from the law? Wow. When did that happen? You're completely senile. And, uh, handsome. Now get over here, Marilyn, and give me a smooch. Or, uh, is it a dollar? Something of value? Jackie. No on that one, Mr. President. Oh, yeah, I had a wife. Shame on me. Uh, yeah. But listen, Jack... This is the biggest story of the century. A former president living his twilight years in Thorpsburg, undetected for decades. But to reveal my secret would implicate me in the vast web of conspiracies and intrigue. I'd be disgraced and ridiculed on the Saturday Night Live. Nobody watches SNL anymore, Mr. President. I can understand why. Whatever happened to Gilda Radner? She died. Heh. <laughs> Sucker. I'm sorry, Mr. President. Even you can't keep this secret forever. Well, I might be persuaded to give you a career-making story, but... 
Would you put on this dress for me? And these pearls? You know what? Worth it. Oh, Marilyn, if I were physically capable, I would bone you right in half. Of course you would, Mr. President. Hey, Annie, the receptionist said you were- Oh my god, it's President Kennedy! Sarsaparilla, my ticker, Annie Italic, you've killed me! Jack! Jack, don't go! Jack! Jack, don't go! I had a great plan. Stay alive after everyone thought I died. Would've worked too. If not for those meddling kids. Johnny won a Pulitzer for his picture of me, dressed as Marilyn Monroe, cradling a dead JFK in my arms. That was right before the police rushed in. In the end, I'm not sure if it makes me Daphne or Velma. In that episode of Annie Italic, Gil Reporter, the announcer was Mickey Weishner, Annie Italic was Angela Schwartz, Harvey was Jordan Randall, John Impact was Ed Jones, Susie Sanserif was Cheryl Casey, Matthew Nichols was Daniel Schwartz, Receptionista was Sarah Diaz, Tom was Jacob Thompson, Steve was Charles Berman, John F. Kennedy was Jordan Randall, and Johnny Simmons was Pete Bowers. Okay, now Hank, I hope you were paying attention this time. Yeah, yeah, I just, it didn't have any Frank Allen in it, I mean, at all. Here's your quiz. Okay. Question one, which president was in that episode? Obviously, the answer is not Frank Allen. No, but he, he's a president now. They should have put him in it. But he wasn't, so which president was The it? old one. I don't know. The one that they were trying, they, I don't, um, I don't know presidents. All I right. recognize his voice again. All right, hold on. We're going to phone a friend. Hang on. I got my phone. Here we go. All right. I'm calling up President William Henry Harrison to help you on this one. Hello, President William Henry Harrison, speaking from the afterlife. Hello, President. Uh, I got, I'm in, we're in the middle of a quiz here. Hank Fallon's going to ask you for your help on a question. Hank, talk to him. Well, which was the president where they, they thought he was dead, and then he was actually in a nursing home, and then they took a picture of him, and the flash, and it killed, the shot killed him, but he, they thought that he was assassinated. What's a nursing home? It's like where they put old people, but uh, they're not dead yet, but they're like about to die. And if, what's a flash? Like on a camera. When uh, I, I, what? When were you president? Oh, I, I, there was no cameras. Uh, um, I'll have to look in my... Uh, would, would you mind holding on a minute? I have to go talk to the other dead presidents and I'll see which of them it was. Where he, I think he left. He said he's going to be right back. Well, this is boring. Are we just like waiting on hold? Would you like me to sing you some hold music? You know, it, it was John F. Kennedy. All right, all right. So, Hank, is that your final answer? Yeah. That's right. Okay, you got that one. Thank you, President Harrison. Wait, do I get a point? Uh, you get appointed. Uh, to what? The Supreme Afterlife Court. Oh, I finally have something to do. Oh, thank you. I'm going to go think of a way to, to do my duties. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. Can we move on to the other episodes? They're much more. You got exciting. it's a two question quiz, and you stop ha- ah. halfway through. I got to ask you the other one. Last question: What color is Annie's dress? Oh, uh, 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 green. Ah, uh, judges, Percy. What do you think? Yeah, it might, it might have been green. It, I, didn't, I think it was a radio show, it's, so we like couldn't see the, the dress. Sounded more blue to me. Yeah, it sounded like aqua. 
aqua color. Uh, all right, we'll give it okay. to you. All right, yeah. Okay, all right. The next week is the really big one. Uh, oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, talk us talk us into it. Okay. The, the, the next week's episode, the sound of 10,000 sheep. That was one of the most exciting ones that there has been yet. First of all, there was the whole Frank Allen, the whole, it was the first time since his series in Italy that Frank Allen actually got to investigate things. And I think he solved three of the toughest murders that there was in in all the annals of crime. Well, I think the really the the biggest part of it was the new host. Well, probably the new host they had on the show with them. I mean, it wasn't on by choice that they had him, but he was like living there, so they had to have the new host on there. And he was, I think, he was better than all the the other runs that they had on the show. I think he was the best host they've had. You think so? Oh yeah. Well, it's like I don't know how it is that he was so down on his luck that he had to squat in Jordan's apartment. But he was incredibly talented. He was like, this guy should have his own podcast was just it. Well, yeah, I mean, you're getting, you're getting, you're spoiling things for previous, for, for episodes later now. You don't, mean like, don't get, I'm, don't, well, hold on, we'll get there. We'll get there is what I'm saying. But yes, this is the first episode that he appeared. Let's, I mean, let's, let's go listen to when he showed up. Let's just get right to it. We'll start with our first episode of the day, which is going to be, oh, uh, um, sorry guys, hold on a second. Can I get the door? Yeah, go on, go ahead. You're interrupting enough. Hello? Oh, hi. Hi, whole Kermit the Frog here. Oh, Kermit, I, I'm so, I'm so, it's so nice of you to, to come by. Are, are, are you coming to, to crash at my place for a few days while you get back on your feet? No, not at all. I, I just heard that uh, Oscar Wilde lives here. Is he around? Oh, yeah, he's in the other room. Uh, Oscar, come on out. Yes, that's right. Oscar Wilde, world's greatest writer, greatest novelist, greatest playwright, greatest natural wit, greatest and greatest, greatest aesthete of the age, greatest writer to express his own personal vision of the world as much through his clothing and style as through his writing. Oscar Wilde here, pleased to meet you, who are you? It's Kermit the Frog, Oscar, and don't get so full of yourself. You're the one who's crashing on my couch because you're broke. But I'm only broke. I'm only broke. I'm only broke because I come from the past, a time when money worked very differently. A time when you could be a rich estate and not have to work, and money would just flow to you. Now, in this, this is a world where they seem to want you to produce things regularly. It's intolerable. And who's Kermit the Frog? Hello, Oscar. You've been served. Served? I've been served what? Those are divorce papers. Your wife is leaving you! Yeah, it was pretty exciting having Oscar Wilde on the show. I'll be honest. He, I was a fan of his uh, back in the day, but it is a shame to hear about his wife leaving him. Uh, it's going to be hard on their children. I think it was kind of like over overshadowing Frank yeah, Frank Allen. Are you talking about when he was when he was standing in the sun and casting shadows on Frank Allen? I got a clip of that. Yeah, let's hear it. Oscar, no, you're in my you're in my light. You're in my light. I'm trying to absorb the light so that it shines off me when I'm back in the house because you know I am one of the most luminous personalities you'll ever moon you're not a moon this is my i need to i need my light i'm i'm afraid i'm afraid that i need the greater tan because you know i've noticed that people at this time value a tan as a part of an appearance so that's why i've got to stand right here in the sun right in front of you yeah, that's that's clever look 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 frank look on your belly he made a little dog he oh. didn't know well i'm an artist you see i'm one of the one of the creative types i'm a great artist great writer oscar wilde you might have read some of my books Aww. and also i'm good at art in terms of shadow puppets i I like to do all sorts of creative things like make shadow puppets on stupid people's bodies with my hands in front of the sun. It's, it's really entertaining. You should try it on yourself. It'll be a great way to occupy your, uh, your 
occupy your mind. Nah, he, uh, that's the thing about Oscar is he talks way too much. He just goes on. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's sort of thing where he's better off if it's just him talking instead of trying to like share the program with other people. No, I'm not saying it's better if it's just him. I'm saying I don't want him to talk so much and my actual people I care about are not getting to talk. So, right, well, like if you wrote a letter... And the letter says, like, Dear Carson Wax, I'm so sorry I murdered Oscar Wilde. Would they, like, believe you murdered him? I mean, that's a confession, so why would I do that? But I mean, like, if you were, like, saying, Dear Carson Wax, I'm so sorry I murdered Oscar Wilde. Uh, again, again, La- Percy, wait, 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 why wait, are you spoiling you write- things for two episodes later? They don't even... We, I mean, of course, I always say, listen to Casting Wax before you listen to of Cast of Wax. But we're going in order. Why are you talking about things that happened in two episodes? It was just like hypothetical. Like. I didn't murder him. I don't want the police looking after me. So I'm not going to write in and say, did you murder him, by the way? You're the one who's a No, murderer. I didn't murder him. But like, if I wrote in and I said, I'm sorry I murdered Oscar Wilde. Try it. And then I write, but right at the end of the letter, I say, love. Percy is your name. No, no, no. Right. And I say, like, love. Percy is your name. No, 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 no. All right. And that's not what I'm writing, though. At the end of it, I write, love somebody else. Like, love Rochester Adams or something like that. Did he do it? I don't, I, well, I don't know if, if he did it. But if, like, if I wrote that, it'd be like, they'd think he did it. All right. Well, again, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's talk about who killed him when we get to the episode where he gets killed. The, the first of all, this episode, we were talking about Frank investigating, right? Well, yeah. Well, he, all he investigates. Uh, yeah. Hank, you said he he solves three crimes. It's a big deal. Well, yeah. I mean, it's the biggest. I mean, this. I'm sure Frank is like doing this all the time, but this is the time when he does it on the podcast. Yeah. It was not that big a deal because at the end of it, there's like the guy who wrote in, and he's saying he faked and set up all the clues at the end of it. To, so it looked like there was crimes where he can. That, but that that letter was probably another lie. How, I, how are we supposed to? Okay, you guys are you guys are making me my head sway. My how are we supposed to tell truth from lies if there's lies and truth? There should just be one or the other. You mean like if there was no such thing as truth and it could be just lies? That's less effective, but at least we'd know where we stand. Right, we'd stand like for lies. Yeah. Now. When we're saying that, oh, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. Can't we just say all things are true? Well, right, but what if you like, if all things are true, then it's like, okay, Washington is the capital of the United States. All right, true. And New York is the capital of the United States. No, that's not true. You you, you screwed it up. Wait, 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 no, no, all things are true, though, so they're both true. How can they both be true? Because they're both things. All right, you got me there. All right, so New York is the capital of the... United States now. Jesus. Right. So, also, London is the capital of the United States. Wow, Jesus. London's not even in the United States. But it's the capital. Oh, this is getting rich. All right, fine. Can we just let this go and go back to the part where he solves the crimes? I've got the clip of the three parts where he solves the crimes. Can we? You want to hear it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's hear that. All right. I think the evidence is pretty clear. So will you finally, after all these years, admit the truth? Did you do it? Yeah, I I did it. That's right, you did. Who did I kill? You know Was very it? well. You know who you killed. No, I don't. I said I killed. All right, well, just go along with it. Yeah, I did it. Thank you. Look, uh, why don't we just stop with the bullshit? The, the, the what? I'm talking about bullshit. It's, it's A.K.A. B.S. In other words, not saying... The thing that's the big thing that we're all... T- it's the true thing. We all know that you did it. We all know you're the one who took all of that money. You, 
But it, yeah, yeah, it was okay. just lying there. Yeah, but it wasn't. It was lying. You know where it was lying. And you are responsible. I'm, I tried to be. That's right. Was it you? Yeah, I was with me. All right. I don't think I could have solved those crimes. There, no, nobody could have solved those crimes like, other than Frank Allen. I mean, he's the most skilled at that. Well, I mean, I think I could have solved those crimes. How I, could you have solved them? Well, if I was present when the crimes were committed, for example, I would know who yeah, did it. Yeah, but if you were, like, in Frank's position... How would you be able to solve it? If I were Frank Allen? Yeah. Well, I probably wouldn't have married an old gay man. That, that was... But he, he... That sounds like criticism of him. I probably would have a better job than a supermarket. But I... I what's... And I would solve like the crimes... criticizing his job now. Absolutely. And I would solve the crimes using the clues that are in front of us. Also, ratio-nation. But he only does the supermarket job to make money. Right. I would do better things to make money. Like, you would do better at the supermarket? No, I would have better uh, ways of making money, like selling uh, T-shirts with my face on them. Yeah, it does that pretty well money. for Wait a minute. Wait yeah, a minute. it makes I money. I sold 70 T-shirts with my face on them, and they didn't make me any money. Well, no, I sold 70 T-shirts with your face on them and it didn't make you any money. Why, why didn't that make me any money? You signed a bad contract. Wait, it's bad like it doesn't hold up legally? No, it's bad like it was uh, It was foolish of you to sign away the likeness rights to yourself. They did that? Yeah. But my lawyer read the contract. Which lawyer was that? Matt Roma. No, your lawyer is Matthew Roma. He is? Yeah, you went to the wrong lawyer, my friend. That's my lawyer is Matt Roma. So he just told me that so I'd sign his contract? You asked my lawyer, is this a good contract? He said, yeah, it's good, because it's good for me. That's cheating. Well, you asked the wrong lawyer. <sighs> but he, uh, he sounded like the same lawyer. He's a different lawyer. There's a, coincidentally, there's actually a clip on this episode of Matt and Matthew Roma, and I think you'll be able to tell what the difference is. They're talking about that last crime that, that Frank solved. Here we go. Well, yeah, that, that was totally a crime. No, um, it sounded like a crime, but we don't know it was a crime. No, it was, it was a crime because uh, Frank Allen paid him off to do it so he could solve the crime. Well, that, then that's a crime. Oh, yeah, that's, that's totally a crime. That's inciting a crime. But that's not the crime that Frank solved. No, he didn't solve that one. He pretended to solve the one that he set up to that he caused to happen so that he could look like he solved it. So he didn't solve a crime on the show. No, he, he committed a crime so it could seem like he solved a crime. That, that makes sense. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Frank, do you have anything to say for yourself? Well, I think, in a way, I solved that crime, too, because I did that crime, and I know who did it. So, wait, 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 wait. Which lawyer was, was which? Obviously, the second one was my... Come on! Was my lawyer. Ah, Why didn't my lawyer stop him from doing that. Which part? The, the Frank Allen thing? Or? Well, first of all, why did they give up the, the secret of what Frank Allen was doing so he didn't... I mean, it, it was going to look like he was really smart. But he's not really smart. Yeah, he is. Well, he's great. I'm, I don't know. I mean, it's a relative, but I like to think he's really smart because he's my idol. But, I mean, like, if my idol turned out to be stupid, then I would feel stupid for him being my idol. Uh, well, you know, sometimes, sometimes we do stupid things, and sometimes we like stupid people, and sometimes it means that we are stupid people. I, I don't want to feel like a stupid person, but also— It doesn't matter what you feel like. Look, we are what we are. Yeah. That's all I have to say. You're stupid. So we should move on to the next episode. But wait, why did... Okay. Thank you. This next episode was another special, and they're all special. But this is a special one because Jordan, uh, Frank, Rory, and Scape were all out of town. And Oscar hosted it himself. He had some friends over, and he hosted it on his own. Yeah, that wasn't so good because there was no Frank in it. But you, you were one of the people on the show. Well, yeah, but I wasn't as good as Frank. I agree. Yeah, well, you're not really very good at being on podcasts. Like, you're really awkward and like, hesitant about a lot of things. And you, you sound like a real 
dork on the on the podcast. You're at home, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm home now. Yeah, I, I don't really go out of the home a lot. You know what? You should try to make yourself more comfortable. Like lying down? No, I would say just, you know, let go. Okay. Uh, no, not, I don't know what you dropped, but I mean let go of your, you know, bowels and just... Just Wait. go just go to the bathroom. Just let it all out. Like now? Yeah, it's very freeing. That's what I do. But people just like would hear that happening on the sh- on the air. Is it is it loud? I, uh, no, but I mean that, that why why would I do that on the No one would have to know. Radio. Look, do you know how many times I've gone to the bathroom since the start of this podcast? No. Well, it depends on if you count each pellet or just each grouping of pellets. If you count each pellet, about 37. I don't I didn't ask either. Well, no, but I'm telling you. My point is, I just feel free to just say whatever comes out naturally because I'm letting everything just come out naturally. Okay, but I don't think I want to like, because then I'd be free to say like, okay, well, I'm crapping now. Why would you do? No, you don't have to say that. You can just do it and be it. But that's but that would be what I was thinking about. So that'd probably be what I was saying if I was free. Let's find out. Okay, uh, uh walking to the bathroom. No, wait. Why uh, are you walking to the bathroom? Because that's the like, no, just, it's the fast just way where you there. are. No. Just in your chair. I'm no, I'm not going to do it. Are you standing or are you sitting? I'm sitting. I'm not I'm not going to do it. All right. Yeah, that, that would be disgusting. I think it helped you Jesse. a lot. No, I'm not going to do it either. Make Steve do it. Uh, uh, guys, I don't appreciate being made fun of. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just saying. You know I've got a colostomy one. bag. No, I was always supposed to know that. I'm in, I'm in Shropshire right now. We've talked about it, haven't we? Well, I don't like talking about colostomy, colostomy bags. It's, I don't, it's, a, it's like halfway full already. So I don't even know what a colostomy bag is. I don't want to talk about colostomy, colostomy. Colo- Look it up on your browser. Oh, God. That, well, that's horrible. That's, I'm, I don't want you to make fun. Look, uh, let's move on. We're talking about the op- episode that Oscar hosted. It was called, uh, of course, Oscar Wilde's uh, 100% Fun Time, Good Time Show. Hold on, hold on. How could you be a successful realtor with a colostomy bag on? Uh, if I was a success, I wouldn't have lost my license. So they're like, oh, look, this is a nice house, but that's a bag of crap. I better leave. Now that you say that, it is recasting some things into a different light. Because I thought they were talking about the price being a bag of crap. So, like, the phrase bag of crap keep, like, showing up when they were reacting to things. I thought they were just really negative. Well, yeah, but it could be negative in a bunch of ways. You could say, like, this is horrible or this is a really bad house. But if you're literally saying this is a bag of crap every time, it's like you might be referring literally to a bag of crap. I, I didn't make the connection. Between a bag of crap and the bag of crap that was right there. I don't call it a bag of crap. I call it a colostomy bag. It's medical condition. I mean, it's not a condition. It's a bag, but it's because of a condition. And now that you say that, I bet you I could call my lawyer and sue them all for... For what? I don't know. Crap bag discrimination. Is that a real thing? Let's call them. Roman, Roman, lawyers. Uh, Matt. No, this is, uh, this is Matt. Okay, can you put Matt on? Yeah, hold on. Yep, this is, this is Matt. Uh, Matt, all right. Uh, I just found, figured out that when I was trying to sell people houses... I was telling people about uh, what the houses are like, and then I literally would have a bag of crap strapped to me because it's a colostomy bag. Yeah, I, I noticed that. Yeah, so they would say, what a load of crap. Uh, well, I mean, what a bag of crap. And then they wouldn't buy the house. It's discrimination, right? I could sue them. For what? For discrimination. Against what? Well, me. For what? Having a bag of crap. Oh, well, yeah. 
maybe you should like uh, can you also sue them for discriminating against you for having a bad house well if they are discriminating against that i but i don't have a bad house i have a, a good house yeah we can try it all right let's do it all right thanks uh, Percy, did you have any favorite clips of Oscar Wilde or what? Well, it's hard to pick a favorite clip because he was uh, he was rambling a, a lot, really, and everything just sort of connected in it. The part where he was talking to Mao Zedong about the difference between mimes and clowns. Oh, wow. You see, he was going on so long, I forgot about that. That was a good yeah, part, I, though. I didn't remember that either because he was, it wasn't Frank Allen. Oh, well, let's listen to that part. Let's listen to that part. So, Chairman Mao, so Chairman Mao, thank you very much for coming on the program. Now, the, the best thing about the Chinese Revolution, as far as I'm concerned, the best thing about the Chinese Revolution is that it, it really wiped out all the uh, pseudo-intellect in the China, and it was a hundred flowers movement, but it came in, of course. It brought all these intellectuals to the floor, took everything, all, everything, everything they had to do, came out of there, and they just sort of wiped them out and wiped the slate clean to bring in some new people in China. And of course, there's a great tradition of Chinese opera where the people are moving very precisely in Chinese opera, and that's one of the that's one of the older artistic traditions in China. Now, Chairman Ma, would you say in the Chinese opera that there is a sort of a mimesque quality or a mimetic quality to that? And would you say that that is a distinct, distinct from the quality of a clown, which you might find in more in the Western circus culture. What would you say to that? Yes, yes. Oh, very good, very good, very good. So, Chairman Mao, would you say, would you say, in, sort of, in, in creating the Chinese Revolution, that it was really more for an aesthetic purpose, and for, for bringing to the fore such things as this, than it was for any sort of political reason? Oh, it was for communist reason. Communist reason, communist reason. Well, that's a, that's a great revelation. That's communist reason that Chairman Mao has brought to the fore in the Chinese Revolution. Who would have thought? And this is news coming forward in the podcast, the Super Oscar Wild Happy Fun Time, greatest podcast in the world, has brought forward the communist revolution was brought forward by Chairman Mao for communist reasons. And when you were writing the Little Red Book, Chairman Mao, when you were writing that, where did you get the idea for the plot? No, I was alright. It was alright. Uh, yeah, it was. It, I guess it was alright. Yeah, I mean, it was... I didn't really know what to think of that at all, really. I mean, I, I don't want to say... See, I've, I think I would have said it was a bag of crap, but now I don't want to say that. Yeah, because you, you can just... You, is that, you're going to make fun of me now for the rest of the time? No, about that's this? why I'm not going to say it. All right, good. Well, well, but it, it's what I would have said about it because it's bad. Like when people say something's a bag of crap, they're usually saying it's bad. Yeah, I know. Thanks. Well, actually, I have a favorite part of the episode too. Oh, uh, what was that? I liked the part where Billy the Kid came in with a posse made up of Jack the Ripper and Stephen Colbert, tied up Oscar Wilde, gagged him, and threatened his life. Oh yeah, that was pretty good. I got a clip. Oh, there's somebody at the door. Of course, this is not set up at all. Not set up at all. And of course, in saying that, it sounds sort of like it's set up. But it's not set up, actually. It's just someone at the door in Jordan's house. I think I'll open that. Hello. Hi, my name is Billy. I have a posse. A posse, I see. Oh, who are all these people behind you? You you look like a very innocent child. I certainly have nothing dangerous to expect from you. Perhaps you'll even be an entertaining interview. Children are known for being entertaining interviews because they're much more innocent than adults. Of course, I'm a very guilty adult, but I have nothing to feel guilty about. Oh, let's see, who's behind you? Uh, who are all those people? I'm Jack the Ripper. You know, I'm a, a gentleman who kills people. I am a murderer and stuff like that. Oh, that sounds horrible. Oh, no, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, why Why are you coming in here? Well, I'm here to back up my good friend William, the young lad. He said he wanted you to shut up. Yeah, you're really irritating. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Right, he this said part... shut up, look at this knife. Ah! 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 How many people what? just yelled? I had my eyes closed, how many people just yelled? Oh, just me. All right, now shut up. Wait, wait. No, wait. I said shut up. Oh. Oh. This is Stephen Colbert. Hi, Stephen Colbert. Hi, uh, Stephen Colbert. Stop, uh, shut up! Ah, sorry, sorry. No, Do you want no, me to take no, your no. life? I'm officially threatening your life right now. Ah. Now, Billy, tell him what you want to say. Yeah. 
Um, I've been listening to the podcast, and you really should be that much more or less long-winded, terser, and can get to the point faster. And I don't know why you think you're such a great writer. I mean, I haven't read anything you wrote, but it must be kind of crappy if you're like this all the time. I really wish you would just bring back the other hosts. <laughs> they were my favorite podcast. Now, oh, you see, you've made Billy cry. Now listen, Oscar Wilde, you had better bring back the other hosts, or we will kill you. I'll use this knife to slit your throat, just like this. <gasps> like I just did to Billy. <gasps> and like I just did to Steven. And like I just do to myself. Oh, well, that's all of that then. Back to going on for a long time about nothing. Ah, yes, I love rambling on the air. What should I talk about now? Yeah, it's not its not that many episodes that end with three people getting murdered. Wait a minute, I'm a bit confused by one of the things there. Who was this Jack the Ripper? Was he like a, a sort of a copy of Jack the Stripper, like a joke on Jack the Stripper? Yeah, yeah, that's why he was like, I'm I'm ripping, I'm ripping. Right, so well, he wasn't like saying that at all. He was just like, he was doing like a really bad impression of Jack the Stripper. That's a pretty bad impression if he didn't even say, I'm ripping, I'm ripping. Yeah, I didn't even hear him say that once. I should not even want, let me rewind the clip. I'll play it again. Oh, I wonder who was at the door here. It's been knocking at Jordan's door. Probably somebody wanted to talk to Jordan. I, I guess I'm uh, not Jordan, but a bit, but better might just well open the door as well. It's just uh, they'd much be much happier to talk to Oscar Wilde. Open the door. Open the door. Say hello. Say hello. Say hello. Hi. Um, it's me, Billy. Oh, talking to Billy. Talking to Billy. Hello, Billy. How are you? Uh, who are you? Uh, what have you got here? It looks like a small child. Small child. Uh, uh, oh, it looks all those people behind him, wondering about this, the other people. Wondering about the other people. Who I'm, are you, other people? I'm Jack the Ripper. I'm Jack the Ripper. I'm ripping, ripping, ripping. I'm ripping. I'm ripping. Oh, and who's that other person? Unbutton, unbutton, unbutton. I'm taking off my clothes. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a Check minute. Check it out. I'm naked. I'm naked. I'm naked. Look at my oh, wiener. But that's perfectly obscene. Oh, Jack, come. Come on in, come on in, come on in. Well, that's, that, that's fantastic. This is like one of those uh, porns. Uh, well, all right, uh, except the small child makes it a bit illicit. Don't, don't uh, worry, I'll kill the child. Kill and Stephen Colbert. Dead. And myself. Dead. Wait, 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 wait. You leave yourself alone. Oh, wait, wait a minute, wait. Ah. Uh, right. Well, that was going to be a great porn, except he left, he should have left himself alive. Hmm. Say, so he, he did. It sounded like he was doing the little rhythmic Jack the Stripper stuff. And he took off his clothes. Wait a minute, wait a minute. That was totally different than the one we just heard like a minute ago. Are you sure? Yeah. Sounded the same to me. They came in and they threatened him and then they killed themselves. But they they the same thing happened. But right, let's go back again. Let's go back again. Try it again. Well, I wonder if anybody's going to knock at the door. Wait and by the door. Wait and by the door. Anyone going to knock at the door? Oh, of course, there was a knock. I'm going to make a door sound while I open it. Oh, look, small child. Hello, uh, small child. Hi, it's me, Frank Allen. Fra- Frank Allen? Yeah, I'm a small child. No, no, you're a funny grown man. What are you doing here? Oh, uh, no, I was just pretending to be a small child. Why Why are you doing that? I'm on my knees, see? So what? Why are so you... it looks like I'm short. I'm like a, a child. Ch- children are short. No, well, wait, well, yes, but why are you pretending to be a small child? Let me tell you a story. Once upon a time, there were three uh, individuals, uh, Billy the Kid, Jack the Ripper, and Stephen Colbert, and uh, Jack the Ripper killed them all. Oh, oh, why did you... Wait, wait, Frank... I'm trying to do a podcast right now. You, you understand that? Oh, you gotta go? Well, I was doing it right then. No, I'm you sorry. You knew I was I'll doing it because it. normally you do it. I know, Except but you weren't doing it this time. Because I was doing it, right? I'm busy. I got stuff going on where I'm pretending to be a child. But the point is, you got the story. Wait, what story? What are you doing? The one about Why, the three you, I heard you telling a story. All right, did you get Why the story? You, you got it? You heard it from You took you. it in. Yeah, I got it. All right, let's wait, go. Wait, wait. Well, okay, good. All right, goodbye. Well, this just got weirder and weirder. I thought Frank wasn't in that episode. I mean... 
he was, and it was great. That's This is what I'm talking about when I talk about you have to make sure you listen closely to the episode. If you had listened to that and going, oh, they, they said Frank's not in it, and so I'm not going to pay attention, you would have missed that Frank was totally in that. The first two times we heard that clip, I didn't even notice Frank was in it. Uh, I, I, I mean, he clearly, I, I mean, I just heard it, right? Yeah. This is weird. I mean, this was different totally than it was a minute ago. This like the episode is changing. That's not possible. You want me to play it one more time? All right, we'll play it one more time. Oh, there's a knock at the door. I wonder who it is. I think I'll open the door. Oh, look. It's an episode of Kentwood. Kentwood. Episode 8. The Unconventional Kentwood by Jacob Thompson. Professor Kentwood was, by coincidence or design, usually far from campus during spring break, It is a time of year that I have long associated less with beaches and fleeting nudity than with parking nightmares and strange costumes. During the second week of spring break, the Future Frontiers Science Fiction Convention descends upon campus. Tonight's adventure occurred during the year in which Kentwood was present to witness the madness in person. Daniel, are you on campus at present? Yes, I am working on some lectures. It is only the ninth annual science fiction convention. You must have somehow missed the first eight. I perceive nothing scientific in chainmail clad vagrants battering each other with patent weapons, and I only wish they were fictional. It's called live action role playing. I call them doomed should they continue to loiter on my property. You must concede that no one made you put your mansion on campus. So, following the good professor's orders, I walked across campus and delivered the message I was given. Stop, stranger! The king demands tribute! Well, Professor Eldridge Kentwood has told me to tell you that this is his property and that he will not tolerate the presence of an ersatz medieval Donnybrook on his lawn. Well then, vassal of Kentwood! Prepare to drink the same foul brew that shall befall your chief should he dare show his face. Charge! Oh no! Don't hit me with your padded swords. I assure you that these inflict pain, good sir. Lestwise, we would not don yonder chainmail, which be expensive as dragon You're being silly now. So honor is silly! Ow! I'll sue you if you take off your mask and reveal your identity. Ah, a building to hide in. Sanctuary, sanctuary! I escaped into a building where the convention was in progress and ducked into the nearest room. It was a small classroom with a sign hanging from the door that advertised, The Beast Within? Animals in Science Fiction and Fantasy, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Miss Lawler, exactly what movies have you put your animals in, and in perhaps a disconnected tangent, do you think that animal species are often typecast? Snakes, for example, symbolize evil. And, as we all know... Oh, 
Snakes are icky. I put animals, but not snakes, in Beverly Hills Chihuahua and also Top Dog with Chuck Norris. And by the way, Ben Zabago just showed up and he totally sucks, so don't look at him. And he'd be a better panelist than you. He wouldn't have interrupted my question about parcel tongue. You want entertainment, dude? Other dude, the one closest to me, can you be a dare and unscrew my right leg? It's not real and it's barely attached anyway. Not wanting to be hit by an artificial leg, which I assumed would be quite painful, I peeped outside to see if my nemesis the knight was still waiting. He was not only there, but he'd brought some armor-clad friends. I was stuck listening to the legs slowly unspool over the murmur of tedious questions. Do you believe that the post-World War II urbanization of the United States affected how animals were portrayed in popular culture? Not as far as I can tell. That was for the smart panelists. Whatever. I just want to say that my leg is almost off. I'll give $100 to the first person who uses it to... Smash, Dr. Zabargo. If those knights kill me, I want you to feel guilty for the rest of your life. Halt, meddler! My party shall gain ten experience points for giving you bashing damage! No! Don't! Wait now. All of you are wearing heavy armor. And, and Layla's hopping around on one leg. I can outrun all of you easily. Not as easy as you think, villain! Aha! I escaped with a few glancing blows and made it to the Kentwood mansion and reported that Layla Lawler, one of his old enemies, was on campus. Ah, of my many enemies, Miss Lawler is perhaps the most determined and definitely the most unipodal. Technically, she walks on two legs. It's just that one of them is artificial. However many legs she walks upon, she brings danger wherever she treads. Allow me to employ my deductive skills to concoct a master plan. Professor Kentwood? I have deducted a master plan. Working under the assumption that our enemies have an addiction to melodrama, we shall attend the masquerade ball in person. As I feel there is reason to suspect the life of University President Grackle is in danger, I shall arrange that he not be present at the masquerade ball that he is scheduled to judge. Where should I start? Go to that large temporary emporium in the basement of the Student Union. You mean the dealer's room? Consider it done. I entered the overcrowded throng that was the dealer's room, a vast and colorful warehouse of science fiction nonsense. Among the cards and bootleg movie stands, I found a place to get costumes. You look lost. Perhaps I am. I need two costumes. I have lots of costumes, but I need to know what you want. I want something as cheap as possible for myself, because I'm not being reimbursed. And whatever costume looks most like this guy. This is a picture of the president of the university. And I want someone to look like him. It's okay. I'm just a businessman. And you can keep your secrets to yourself. The cheapest thing I got is a Rubik the Amazing Cube costume that fell off a truck into a river. It don't look much like a Rubik anymore. And it's yours for free. Well, the price is right. For the other one, I'll give you this costume of Jamie from Mythbusters. It's a bargain at ten bucks. It's a mustache, a pair of glasses, a skull cap, and a beret. 
I feel this is less a coherent costume than an assemblage of costume elements. Take it or leave it. Okay. From there, it was off to the masquerade ball. Professor Kentwood assured me that he had a better costume than any of those thieving reprobates in the dealer's room could provide him. I was curious about both Professor Kentwood's costume and his plan. My, my, my. I see a sexy Starbuck, a beautiful Buffy, and a xenophobic Xena. Sorry, Xena, I couldn't think of another word that started with X. Oh. My. God. This cube looks familiar. Rubik, you suck. Both as a costume and as a person? Who are you to judge this costume? Captain Hook, after all, has a hook on his hand, not on his foot. Wait, you're Layla! Yo, Slowpoke, you've got company. Huzzah! My quest for first place costume glory brings me a chance to complete my revenge on my foe! My only problem was that you were on Professor Kentwood's lawn. You had best spend willpower to temporarily gain hit points. I can't help but believe that this is an overreaction. The problem has been long resolved. Taste defeat! Upon completion of my mission, I now accept my experience points and rejoin my party at the hentai room. Huzzah! Daniel. What, Professor Kentwood? My hook got stuck in his costume when I tried to kick him in the kneecap, and now I'm stuck on his costume. Duh. I come in the guise of Odin, Allfather, Oathbreaker, and Lord of the Slain. But I, Eldridge Kentwood, am in fact all that and more! How dare you assume you could incapacitate me with a single kick to the knee? I'll kill you later, but just cut me loose so I can hit the dance floor and boogie down and not have to listen to you. Fenrir, my faithful hellhound, bite this artificial leg in twain and release me! They let you bring Alpha in here? Alpha let Alpha in here! Alpha strike! Alpha just bit that leg in half! Thank you, Mr. Narrator. Now, I don't know how I can get my dance on. I wish the student gave me my leg back. Why is Alpha freaking out? My hound has been trained to recognize the scent of my enemies. The room is packed with them. President Grackle is in danger from innumerable foes, many of whom are bellying up to the bar and lurching around on the dance floor. Well, if it isn't struggling character actor Martin Vesey, former star of Attack of the Space Confederates, what's on your mind? You've managed this school so badly that when my acting career hit the skids, I had nothing to fall back on. People say a degree from this school is about as good as a diploma from a troubled inner-city high school. For contributing to my unemployment, you must die. I'm not being paid enough to get stabbed. Help me, scantily clad women! I want all prospective assassins to know that my bloodthirsty dog considers this first attack to be mere practice. At the masquerade ball in Valhalla, Fenrir will come disguised as Alpha. Who the hell are you? You really don't want to know, dude. Silence, petmonger! Damn straight! Don't let your guard down in this room of lost souls. After we walked out of the room, the masquerade ball calmed down enough to award winners. 
The prizes were given to C-3PO, Mojo Jojo, and Fenrir. I believe that Alpha is still the only dog ever to receive any prize at the Future Frontiers convention. As soon as I could, I asked Professor Kentwood to clarify some matters. Even you understand that there are a multitude of threats to President Grackle's dissolute life this evening. Thus, I hired one of the many struggling actors at this event to impersonate him at the ball. What did you do with the real Grackle? He is now downstairs. Filking. I don't know what that is, but knowing Grackle, it must be disgusting. Disgusting it is, but not in the manner that you expect. Have a look. And they call him Bilbo. Bilbo Baggins, the bravest little hobbit of them all. Damn. Inspired by the success of that performance, President Grackle bought some studio time and dropped an album within a year. It didn't fare very well with critics or the public, but copies can occasionally be found in area yard sales. The Future Frontiers convention is still an annual event, and veterans of the event are said to nostalgically recall Alpha's antics at the masquerade and bemoan the tameness of recent events. I'll get back to you in subsequent episodes of Kentwood. In that episode of Kentwood, Professor Eldridge Kentwood was played by Jacob Thompson. Dr. Daniel Sebago was played by Charles Berman. The Knight was played by Mickey Weishner. The Fan was played by Sarah Diaz. Layla Lawler was played by Cheryl Casey. The Dealer was played by Bailiff Quimby. Faux Grackle was played by Jacob Thompson. Martin Vesey was played by Daniel Schwartz. And Grackle was played by Jordan Randall. Yeah, see, see, Percy, it went back to the same way it was the first time we listened to it. Everything is normal. There's nothing weird going on. No, wait, that wasn't... I, I think it was. Uh, Flea, what do you say? Yeah, it sounded the same to me. Hank? Um, yeah, I could actually... Uh, there were, Frank wasn't in that one at all. I would think we should go back to the one with Frank in it. So it was back to the way it was. You're the only one who heard right, something different. It was different because it was totally... I think Oscar Wilde was like time traveling and changing his timelines. And then every time it happened, something <laughs> different happened to something. Something like that, we, because he comes from the past or come something. Come on, come on. We know 100% true that that can't be the case, that Oscar Wilde is time traveling, because, spoilers, next episode, November 25th, episode uh, 162, The Murder of Oscar Wilde. Yes, it, so obviously Oscar Wilde could not be time traveling anymore. He's very clearly dead. He died one minute into the episode, and they spend the rest of the time trying to figure out which of the hosts did it. Right, but he must have been time-traveling before he was murdered. That doesn't sound like it goes along with the eminent theories of time travel, which necessitate a narrative now in all time travel stories. Well, wait a minute, all time travel stories? Are you saying like it was a story, like it didn't really happen? Well, it, whether it happened or not is irrelevant. Anything that happens is a story. We tell a story. You were telling a story about bruising people. Right, it was a story about how I went and bruised some people. Right. But it really happened. But then I could tell like a fake story, whereas like once I went to the moon and there was moon men there and then I bruised them. All right. So when you say the stories are like, oh, it was a fake story, it didn't happen. Or you're like, this was a thing that happened, but I'm calling the story just for the other. All right, let me, let me tell you a story. One time I went to the store, I bought some cream cheese, went home, put it on a bagel. Is this a true story or a fake story? I don't know like if you like cream cheese or not. Well, you can't tell, know. can you? So you gotta you have to guess. You have to say to yourself, is it real or is it not? Right, I could. Well, like, Oscar well, Wilde. Which one is it? Which one is it? It's true. But Oscar no, it's Wilde, not true. 
It's not true. Okay, it's not I true. I bought American cheese. Or a bagel? It was a bacon, egg, and cheese bagel I had. Right, but you didn't say that part. I, that's why it wasn't a true story. You said the part about it being cream cheese was not true, not the part about it being a bagel. The part about that being the only part that was not true was not true. This is why I said earlier, you should just say all things have to be true. That way, I can't confuse you like this. So when you say, like, all time travel stories, you mean all the times that somebody tells about something that happened after to do with time travel? Sure. Right, okay. But anyway, he's time traveling, so it probably messed up everything that you were saying about the different times that happened. Can we drop this? Can we drop this? Come on. We're done with that episode. We're on the murder episode. All right, so we murdered him. You, you heard the episode, didn't you? Yeah. We're like doing a review for the listeners. All oh, right. We're like, listeners, do you remember with us who murdered him? Hey, do you, listeners, do you remember with us who murdered him? Well, let's go through the evidence. First, I don't think we should talk about this anymore. Why not? Because it's embarrassing. Oh, you're just upset because everybody thought it was Frank at the beginning of the episode. Yes. Well, let's listen to that part. Why did they think it was him, by the way? Do you remember? Because they said, because he committed all those crimes for his other show where like he stole money and things uh, so that he could solve them on his show and seem really smart that they all thought he was a criminal now and they think that murderers are criminals so they thought it was him. Obviously, Frank, it must have been you. You did all those crimes for your show so you could solve them and things like that. No, it wasn't me. All right, I think that's fair. They eliminated him as a suspect pretty early in the episode, to be fair. Yeah, but they were still thinking it was him like they were they all thought it was going to be him i try i have a clip of that just so everyone knows i still think it's fine. well it wasn't me i don't know why you keep thinking it's me I'm just i just wanted the listeners to know listeners this is the sound of an aside that's why my voice is very quiet and i'm very close to the microphone only you can hear me the, the people around me can't hear me. we can hear well, you you're, you're supposed to pretend you can't why would i do that this is for the listener listener i think frank did it. i didn't do but it was a pretty complicated issue because, uh, I mean, at first it seemed pretty cut and dry that it either had to be Frank who did it, or Rory who did it, or Jordan who did it, or Scape who did it. Yeah, those were the people on the on the podcast, yeah. But when they revealed then that Jordan Robot was there, and Steloff was there, and that Patsy Kennedy was there, and that Bobby Kurtzman was there, and that I was there, and that Lance Reddick was there, and Professor Gagne was there, and Rory Edison was there, and... Good Frank Allen was there. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Fleet, you're like trying to make it seem like you weren't the murderer by not mentioning yourself. Well, I, I did mention myself. I tried to slip myself in there a little fast, but I mean, we all know I killed him. Well, so. yeah, but it's like you're trying to downplay the your killing himness of it by just like not mentioning that you were even there to be a suspect. Well, I w- okay, yes, I was there. I was there to kill him, and I did kill him. Well, they all figured it out at once. Like, they were all accusing you at once. I got a clip. Hold on. It was All right, all right. Guilty as charged. You know, I did it. <laughs> why did you murder him? Like, like, why would you do that? Like I said, I, I have my dreams. What? Why was your dream to murder Oscar Wilde? I thought that was a pretty common one. No, that's like a very, very uncommon dream. Oh. Like, I don't know anybody else whose dream is to murder Oscar Wilde. Is that true? Hank? No, I think that's like um, pretty. It's actually pretty weird. Steve? I don't think I've ever dreamed of killing Oscar Wilde. I mean, I've I had a nightmare that I killed Oscar Wilde, but it wasn't a dream. I mean, it was a dream. It was a, a dream is a, night, a nightmare is a dream, but it wasn't an aspiration. Oh, huh. All right. Well, I'm sorry. Then I I guess I shouldn't have done it. Yeah, it was like really. It's a bad thing to do. Maybe turtles have like a different morality than humans, so it's wrong to owe them to to human morality. That I'm a rabbit. I mean, rabbits have a different. You know that rabbits and turtles are arch enemies. No, I wasn't. I didn't know that at all. You have just insulted me in the most horrible way. Imagine if I said to you, 
You're, uh, let's see, what's the most insulting thing I could say to a roughhouse uh, British gentleman? Uh, you're a, uh, a young Welsh lass. Well, that's, hey, that's insulting. But also, you were sitting there trying to be like, oh, thing I can say, as I was by accident called you a rabbit. No, I am a rabbit. You accidentally called me a turtle. <laughs> I mean, by accident called you a turtle. You just keep making it worse. You little Welsh sissy. Wait, what? Hold on. I just told you it was an accident. I mean, as I didn't mean to do it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I meant to say you Australian convict. Oh, I'm going to kill you. I'll bruise you so bad. Uh, I don't know if you can bruise me because you're not a bruiser. You're a non-bruiser. Oh, pow, pow. I was like punching my Skype right there. Yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you what. Only one of us has confessed to murder this episode, and it's me. Well, yeah, I haven't confessed to murder. Right. All right. Let's get on to the most recent episode. We have one from this week, um, and it's a big deal. Well, they're back down to four hosts again. Uh, what happened? In, oh, the big thing, of course, this episode is they lost their presidency. Yeah, I, Frank Allen totally should not have. I think I think of all of them, Frank's was the most deserved. The, well, the, the losing or the having? Because it was the answer is the having. The losing. Let's listen to the clip. No, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I I looked at I looked at our our. What we had, and I said, we've got nothing. We've got a lot of open land. If we could become known as the number one penguin farm in the world, that makes us famous. But it's very hot in Zimbabwe. Well, yeah, it turns out. So. Well, I, I mean, I don't think it was the most deserving because I, I, I totally, what Jordan did was way worse. And he's like, he's a war criminal. Oh, please, Jordan. You must be joking. No, I just, I thought France is already famous for its type of kiss. Like, let's make that the national greeting and we'll just French kiss anyone who we meet. But I didn't. I mean, I didn't know diseases were that big of a thing. I thought we kind of had that covered. Diseases are still a problem. Well, now, yeah, again, I know that now. Yeah, that no, that was pretty egregious. But at the same time, whether that's egregious or not doesn't change the fact that only one of the hosts is responsible for the destruction of half the continent of Australia. Yeah, well, that's all right. I mean, you don't need all of Australia anyway, right? Yeah, but whether we need it or not doesn't mean we should have half of it overrun by jelly monsters from Mars. Well, I mean, it could be, I think it's more entertaining, right, if there's jelly monsters and things like that. It's like, well, what's going to happen now, you know? Like, jelly monsters are something you could really get in a good fight with, and otherwise, like, well, like, we don't need him for anything else, right? Let's hear the clip. Well, what about you, Rory? Are you still president of uh, Australia? What? Uh, no, no, no. Okay, what's the story? Oh, I, so I sold it to uh, jelly monsters from Mars. What? Yes, they offered me a very large amount of money. And you sold it? Did you just hear what I said? <sighs> I mean, I think everyone can agree, though, that Scape's presidency was the best president of the United States has been. It's just like, I think his reforms were so good and revolutionary that the political establishment, which is caught up with corporations and things like that, just was not really interested. I mean, they, they were threatened by it and they had to get rid of it. And his departing speech was amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I mean, everybody knows that Frank is my favorite and I really like Frank a lot, like more than anything else on earth. But I, I, at that point, I actually sort of listened up and I was really inspired by Scape. We take you now live to Washington, D.C., where Prisoner White is about to make a speech. My fellow Americans, it is with deep sadness that I stand before you today say that I will be resigning from the presidency effective immediately. I know it's been an amazing month since 
you held a special recall election to recall President Obama, basically just so you could make me president, which was real nice of you. And I've done my best to work for the needs of all Americans since that time. But there's like all these jerks who do not like me, and they're making me step down. Don't let the jerks win, okay? I'm going to say, I'm going to use my president magic. Can I do this? I'm going to use my president magic to make it so Obama is president, okay? And I want you to take my name out of the history books, because I'm basically pissed off at America for not earning me, okay? Maybe someday you will be ready for a cat president, but today is not that day, and you are not that America, and I anxiously await the call that will tell me that the time has come. Thank you and good night. That was real, real emotional, inspiring speech. He, he, ch- he chided the country, basically, and I, I think we all felt it. I mean, I think it's true even here, you know? If you just look at the four of us. Yeah, you know, even in England, yeah. There's jerks, not, you know? There's jerks here in England. That's why I do my best to beat them and bruise them as much as possible. Yeah, but it still, it makes you proud that you were there. I mean, not literally, I wasn't there, but in spirit. Yeah, I mean, I was proud that I was, like, had the opportunity to listen to it. Like, imagine I was, like, there. And, like, I sort of, like, am associated with Skate because I have a fan podcast of his podcast. And I'm like, that's my podcast's podcast's Skat. Yeah. No, I know what you, I feel similarly. Yeah. But I think if 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 he were in the history books and people were still allowed to talk about because President Obama has put out you know he's gone through the UN and get backed up by all the other countries to have the don't talk about President Scape law. But yeah. well, President White, come on, respect. Right, right, right. But even if he hadn't done that, I think it really. I mean, he shouldn't have had to do that. We should have. It should have been available to everybody to remember him. He shouldn't have been stricken from the history. You know, we got we can't go against his wishes. That's true. That's true. But he, I mean, we should though. Well, we can't. We, I mean, we physically can't. He's got a robot army. Right. Well, yeah, that's part of the trouble. But he does have a robot army. Yeah, that's rather scary. That's maybe that's why Obama wanted to take him out of being president. Well, so again, someday maybe we'll earn it. So I, I mean, only if we follow Frank. So, why I don't see what Frank has to do with it. You don't what? I don't see what Frank has to do with it. Uh, how could Frank not have to do with something? <sighs> hey, speaking of uh, history, uh, they also played a, a new show, the Jimmy in the Future. Oh, yeah, that was about history, like the history when they're in the future, which is the present. Right, present history. Yeah. History of days present. Like of now, but right. in history version. Where are they now in history? They did that too. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? No. It's like it's set in the future, but going that back to the past. Well, we should listen to both. Yeah. The, where are they now in history and the Jimmy and the history? But not future. like at the same time. Past few, No, no. Nah, I'm not going to play the clips at the same time. I'll play them in a row. Oh, all right. All right. Let's hear it. Jimmy in the Future by Cheryl Casey. Episode one, Sesquicentennial. On the last episode of Jimmy in the Future, nothing happened, because this is the first episode of Jimmy in the Future. 
can't stand it anymore. You can and you will, Alejandra. You are stronger than this. But it wasn't supposed to be like this. No, not like this. That blasted bomb took everything. My home, my family, little Miho, everything. There's nothing left. This is nothing. I refuse to believe that. You are here. Are you nothing? I am here. Am I nothing? How dare you accuse our love of being so pitiful it dissolves in the explosion of one atomic bomb. Oh, Ronaldo. Now, now, I, James Augustus Adler, will unleash a weapon of which the world has never seen. Seriously, pal, the world has seen it. And the world is not that impressed. Keep that pea shooter in your pants. <laughs> ah, darkness and death. Noxious fumes will rain down from the sky. You can just say it's taco night in the cafeteria. You and your theatrics, I swear. And I knew then that Adler's bomb was a blessing in disguise. That if my friends and family hadn't died at Ground Zero, I would have been less accepting of any stranger needing help, or even just needing a friend. That if my girlfriend hadn't been irradiated to the point of becoming a mutant zombie and abomination I had to kill with a kayak paddle, then I would never have met Mandy. And continuing on with our Week of the Bomb special to commemorate the 150 years our society has survived the impact of James Augustus Adler's bomb. Originally intended as a peace tactic, when the weapon was accidentally detonated, the initial shockwave killed millions, including Adler himself. And the subsequent fallout injured or killed billions more, as well as irrevocably changing life as we knew it. In honor of this anniversary, WHRW channels have been playing historical dramas and documentaries and will be debuting a new biography on the most infamous name in history, James Augustus Adler. To top off all celebrations this Friday, there will be a candlelight vigil followed by an interpretive dance choreographed by the late Zoe Natalie and performed by the Bomber Babes Dance Brigade. Another doozy tonight. Expect to see plenty of acid rain and some below freezing wind chill later on. These are not ideal conditions for the commute home, I know, so for those of you at work, take advantage of the cots your employers offer. Mom, acid rain tonight. Again? This will be the third time your father was trapped at work this week. This is getting ridiculous. He can't really help it. This is why I work from the home. The climate is just too unpredictable. It's kind of hard to repair roadways from home, Mom. I still don't have to like it, Will. Speaking of jobs, when are you going to get one? My charming mouth to feed. Well, you know, I just thought maybe I'd take it easy while I regrouped and applied to some more schools. And what is your brother up to now? Nothing normal, I presume. That boy is so smart. I just wish he'd do something practical with it. Go tell him dinner's ready, will you? Yeah, sure. Hank! Hey, Mrs. B. Margo, you got here all right? Don't you know there's supposed to be acid rain? I don't trust the Weather Channel. Did Hank invite you to dinner? Something like that. More like I hadn't heard from him in two days, so I thought I'd check and make sure he wasn't trapped under a steel beam or something. Now that only happened once. 
Anyway, there's enough if you want to eat. Lloyd's not going to make it tonight. Again? Yeah, sure, I guess. I'm just saying it's not a big deal. I didn't even touch it. Good. Don't touch it. Don't hover over it. Don't breathe on it. Sheesh. I mean, you're getting really cranky over an elaborate toaster. Fine. Breathe on it, Will. See what happens. Really? No. And there's the storm. Margo, I'll pull the spare mattress out for you. Oh, no. The weather has trapped me here yet again. Darn. Watch it, kiddo, or we're going to start to think you're doing this intentionally. (laughs) Maybe just a little bit. The rain's really not something to joke about. Is the house sealed properly? Lighten up. We've survived the end of the universe. I should at least be able to use the post-apocalyptic weather to manipulate more snuggle time with my boyfriend. Yes. J.A. Adler dropped a nuke on civilization over 100 years ago just for us. See? I knew I was dating a romantic. I hope your father's okay. It bothers me when he can't come home. I'm sure he's fine, Mom. Yeah, I know. Just sometimes I think it might have been better to move to those underground tunnels instead of staying above ground. You mean the underground tunnels that flooded and killed everyone in them last week? Okay, you know what? Fine. Screw this country. Everything is crap! Hey, that's not true. Oh? Yeah. You're alive and healthy and you have a family that loves you. And you have a banging body for a woman your age, Mrs. B. A woman my age? Just how old do you think I am, Margot? Um... Old enough to have mothered these two strapping young lads at a respectable age? We'll go with that theory. This world would be a better place if that bomb had never been dropped. That's a moot point, Hank. But you do believe that, don't you? People would be able to live in a world instead of merely existing in a decrepit husk of a planet. Well, sure, it sounds pretty, but there are countless what-ifs. What if that bomb being dropped was the only thing that saved mankind? You're kidding me, right? Well, yeah. What if there were aliens all ready to harvest the Earth for resources, and then the bomb dropped and it wasn't financially lucrative anymore? Adler saved us from a 12-tentacled overlord. I refuse to believe that J.A. Adler was thinking about the betterment of mankind, much less alien overlords when the bomb went off. He was just selfishly trying to elevate his political status. All I'm saying is that there's no definitive way that one can say, one way or another, that the world would have been better off had the bomb not detonated. If the bomb hadn't gone off, what else would have played out differently? We have no way of knowing. What's that look for, Hank? Huh? Just thinking. Anyway, who knows? If Adler hadn't dropped the bomb, maybe none of us would be here today, and I think that's sad. What? You think we'd never be born? Impossible. No way of knowing for sure. I know their father, and believe me, with the amount of swagger in that man's hips, you should be impressed that I only have two kids. Huh? Wow. Yeah, I think I'll go try to call him. That is so... Your mom is super pervy. Hank, are you okay? Yeah. I think I made a time machine. Really? That's fantastic. Wait. What do you mean, think? I sent two roaches back in time. But it's hard to train roaches to use the equipment to return to their original timeline. How far did you send them back? One year. Why didn't you just send them back in time a couple minutes so you could have witnessed them? I didn't think to incorporate a time span smaller than a year on the prototype. Can we play with it? Let's go play with it. Yes. Yeah! Wait, really? I need a test subject more intelligent than a roach, yes. Henry Blydell, you are not using your brother as an expendable test subject. 
please, please, please. I'll wear a helmet and everything. I give up. I'll start up the machine. You know you don't have to do this, Will. There's a lot of things that I don't have to do, but this sounds like it'll be a blast. And it could possibly be deadly. Could you imagine all the adventures I could have? Picture me going back in time, just to, I don't know, go cow tipping with Gandhi. You don't have a clear understanding of history, do you? I'm ready. You know, I was thinking, Hank, if it's safe enough for Will, it must be safe enough for you and me, too. Hank. Someone needs to man the time machine for a safe trip. And you don't have a remote control yet? N- no. Bullshit! Get over here! You honestly don't trust Will to not tamper with history, do you? I hadn't considered that. Where are we going? When are we going? I was thinking that we should pay James Augustus Adler a visit. What?! Next time, Jimmy in the Past. In that episode of Jimmy in the Future, Jimmy was Ed Jones, Margot was Cheryl Casey, Hank was Charles Berman, Mother was Julia Adams, and Will was Greg D'Angelo. Uh, and I mean, well, so that's that's in this week's episode. Those those are all things from this week's episode. Those that history and that future and that president stuff. So now we're basically all cut up. Wow, that, that's like. I mean, I feel really bad we didn't do any other episodes in between there. That, you and you and me and them. Yeah, yeah, I feel bad too. That's what I'm saying. But you know, I was I was busy. I had a I was trying to sell those houses that were apparently a bag of crap. Well, I mean, maybe the I mean, maybe you should just have tried a different job. Well, I'm gonna try a different job. I'm just gonna dedicate myself to the podcast for now. But that's I think you're I think you're taking money that should actually be mine. If that's your job. Are you paying for the, the 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 shirts? No, but it's my face. Like I have a right to my face. Yeah, I'll give you one it's for free. Weird what that size are you? People are just like want to wear my face around. I don't know. I'll give I, you one. What size are you? Um, extra large. We only have a large. I'm sorry. Can you like push around inside it and make it bigger? I can like cut down the side so it's open on the sides. It still doesn't sound that great. But I, I, wait, I don't even care. I I or, or was that really like weird to wear your own face around? I do it every day on a shirt. Oh no, I mean just on my face. Well, yeah, I do that too. I wouldn't. I don't. If I, I mean, you. I don't go outside a lot, so I, I don't really need to wear shirts a lot. Oh, come on. Well, why do I need to wear a shirt when I'm not going outside? I'm just being thankful this is not a video podcast. Is it, is, are there video podcasts? Yes, video podcasts do exist, but there isn't oh. one with Frank Allen. Well, I mean, that's not true. He's been on Apple Watch before, and that's a video podcast. Isn't that a show? I would watch a video podcast with Frank in it. I would take that all. Yeah, Apple Watch is a show, but they, they do a video podcast component. We should... Follow Frank around with video camera to make a video podcast. Uh, all right, all right. I, now, now we've gotten to the point where you're just, you know, being creepy again. Let's just move on. That's all the six episodes. Uh, which one was your favorite, uh, Percy? Well, I like the one where they were all fighting about, and they had the bombs and the, the war stuff and the presidents and stuff like that. Do you like the taste they, of my fist kind of, because it's a sandwich? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and it got kind of close to bruising for a while, which is like my area of expertise. So that was probably my favorite. Uh, uh, Hank, which one was your favorite? Um, well, I like the one where Frank solves all the crimes. That was that, that, that was really impressive. The sound of a thousand, uh, the sound of ten thousand sheep. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. Wait a minute. That wasn't impressive at all because he didn't really solve the crimes. He just set up the crimes so it would look like he solved them, and he really just was committing some crimes. I, actually, I got a clip about that here. Uh, that means I solved them. So suck it. 
Yeah, there was a clip for you. So you heard, you heard what he said. It, that that means he solved them, so suck it. Yeah, but that's not like that's not a good argument. I, I've got a clip about that. That is a good argument, so suck it. Wait, that was like it was almost like he was just responding to what I was saying. Actually, I got a clip about that. It's a coincidence. So suck it. Wait a minute. Is he listening to... Obviously, he's not listening. It's a clip. How, I, how is a clip listening to you? It's, it's on my computer. Look, I've got a clip about it. No, it's just a clip. It's on the computer. Come on. Suck it. This is getting really suspicious. Frank, are you listening? No. That was a clip, though. That was a clip. That was just a clip of him saying no, but it was in a context to be responding to me. No, it's a clip. He could have been saying no to anything. But he was saying... Wait, why did you play it in that context? Then? Because he's not listening, so I played the no clip. If he was listening, I would have played the yes clip. That, uh, I've got a lot of clips. I, I'm a big fan of this show, so I have a clip or, library. Or, Here, a ask Scape a question. Scape, what is the story of the curse of the Egyptian mummy? Shut up, Percy, you're stupid. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's a clip, wait. it's a clip. I just played a clip. It's the closest I got to the Egyptian mummy. I don't have... Him telling that story. But he said my name in it. He's talking directly to me. It's a clip. It, uh, it's cut together from things. He said the word Percy in the clip. Maybe he was talking about some, like, the quality of someone's lips were very Percy. That's not, what, when does he ever even talk about that? I'm just saying maybe he did. I don't know. It's been a while since I recorded that clip. Are you, like, secretly doing things like making money off this more than we think and making a deal with Jordan? And the podcast. What? No. What kind of deal am I going to make with Jordan? I don't know, but you, they seem to be listening to the podcast and responding directly through thinly veiled clips that you're showing. That's not true. That's preposterous. These are clips that I have archived. You've got an archive of clips, don't you? Well, yeah, but I can't access them that quickly. I'm just a better computer operator than you. It's my job. Oh, wait. Wait, what? You have a job? This is my job. How much money do you make on this job? Pretty good amount. Like what? I, I mean, I don't want to talk about it. I told you, he gets 50%. He gets 15%. I leave 35 for me. Why do I even keep doing this if I don't get any percent? You signed a contract. Yeah, so? Contract says you have to keep doing it. <sighs> Fine. Plus, I can play you this clip. I think you should keep doing the podcast. But wait, wait a minute. That's not from any other known clip of Frank Al. That's not true. Here, listen, I'll play the full clip. I think you should keep doing the podcast, Jordan. There's no known episode where he says that exact way. Uh, I'll play the rest of the clip. I think you should keep doing the podcast, Jordan. So now let's, you know, start the actual podcast since we're just sitting around recording nonsense before we start recording the podcast. All right. Ready? Let's roll and go. Wait, how did you get the nonsense they record before the podcast? I have connections, all right? Come on. This is my <sighs> job. It's I take it serious. Can I have it? I'll send you that clip. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Okay. All right. Thank you all for being here on a cast of whack. Uh, Hank, do you want to say anything? Well, I, it's really good to talk about Frank Allen, but also I'm being totally chipped off by this podcast. You should not insult gypsies. Wait, gypsies are chipping me off this podcast? Percy, you got anything you want to say? Well, yeah, like, I like to insult gypsies because then we can start a fight and I can totally bruise them up. It's fair enough. Uh, Flea, do you want to say anything? Yes, I just want to say to all the listeners, just poop yourself right now. Feels good. Uh, okay. And I will say thank you for listening. Um, this has been a cast of wax. I mean, episode 163, but sort of. Sort of episode 159 through 163, if you know what I mean. Uh, all right. Uh, how do we end? Oh, we ended by playing the clip of Jordan. Here we go. Be seeing you.
They're gonna tell you what I really think I like about Mondays Is it kinda like Saturdays When you don't gotta go to work Every day is a holiday